small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me at the other end of the table for a evening record, uh, live and in person, please welcome, you know him, you love him, the 40-year-old boy, Mr. Mike Schmidt. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Always an honor to arrive here and be on the Rock Solid Show, and I am absolutely at the other end of the table. Usually, the table is uh, in a, a different position, well, and I'm across from you, but I am clearly at the other end of the table. This right is now. this is how I like to do it, but the, I think the last couple of times you've been here I just didn't feel like moving everything around because <laughs> it is literally it's not just moving the table. I got to undo wires and a whole bunch of shit. Well, if anybody here has seen any film that uses the trope where rich families obviously don't communicate and the wife is at one <laughs> end and the husband is all the way like a mile at the other end, that's exactly how we're sitting right now. And by the way, I'm going to have the butler bring me the salt and pepper. I need the salt and pepper. Can he stop by me first? He just drops. He just drops. He just walks from across the room. And then eight minutes later, he arrives at my chair because it is. We're in a cavernous rock stu- a solid studio. There's oh, no here doubt. he comes. Here he comes. He's Sir? walking. Sir, sir, <laughs> I, I don't get it first. I uh, Very frustrating. Very frustrating, Pat. I'm the guest. Mike, it is uh, literally four minutes until 7 p.m. How long have you been here? What time did you arrive at my house today? <laughs> well, I arrived here at uh, five minutes. No, no, 10 minutes after 10 o'clock a.m. A.m., yes. Yes, sir. So you've been here now for how many hours? Nine hours. About nine hours I've nine been hours. here. Because our plan was to watch all of the Spider-Man movies. Yes. So when you showed up, I had the first Tobey Maguire movie in the in the DVD player with the uh, the menu screen was on. L&L is what I call that. What's, what's L&L? Locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. And you said... Uh, I'm a little concerned about what's on the screen. I go, well, I thought we were watching all the Spider-Man movies. And you're like, uh, well, I've seen these. I want to see those Garfield movies. Well, no, that's incorrect. I said, I'm exactly happy to watch happened. all of them. I said, I'll watch. I said, if we're going to watch five movies, that's fine. I'll watch all five. We could I never go, get through five but movies. But I no, we just, we literally just finished the we second just, one. We started the, we started, we watched the two Andrew Garfields. Yes. And we started, 1030, we started the first one and we just finished because we pause it constantly. No, and like I said, I would have watched all five, but I've seen the three Tobey Maguires. Yeah. Uh, I had never seen the Garfields, and that was kind of the uh, the whole point of this this exercise. Because with the new one, of course, the new Tom Holland one coming out, the final Tom Holland Spider Man movie that is about to come out, mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure I saw the Garfields before that showed up because they're all apparently uh, they're putting the band back together from yeah. what I've heard in the rock solid rock music parlance to keep your music right. fan interested in what we're talking about. They're putting the band back together <laughs> in Tom yeah. Holland's last Spider Man movie. I'm glad that you're bringing uh, a music analogy to it. I yeah, that's that's it. what I want people now, to get involved. Normally, uh, if I didn't do this myself, I would make fun of it. Like when 50-year-old men go like, I got to watch all the Rocky movies before <laughs> I see Creed 3. I mean, but I do this also. Like yes. The new I, James Bond movie came out, so I didn't watch all the James Bond, but I watched all the Daniel Craig James Bonds. Well, when you and I saw Rocky Four a couple of weeks ago, where the, the recut, revamped- yep, I gave you homework. Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Four. You said, you've got to watch the original. And I said, I will. And this is about five days beforehand. And you know how I like to do it. I literally, if I could watch the the old Rocky Four 
and then sit down in the theater, like literally walk right into theater. You're, watch the new you're one. watching it on your phone as you sit there. the credits roll. You sit down. I want as little time as possible between, between the two of right. them so I can yeah. compare them. So you, you kept asking and I, and I'm, I will, I swear to you, I will. Have I, I, when have I ever told you I'll do something and I don't so many times, probably 10 years ago. Yes. I was very bad at that sort of thing. But recently uh, I've taken a turn for the better and anything, any, I mean, think I'm assigned except for my own podcast. I'm right on it. Now, I will say that for anyone who plans on seeing Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago, I would, I, every, you must watch the original first because it's very helpful in knowing what's gone and what, unless you've seen the original a million times, then you don't need to. But right. if, if, if you haven't seen Rocky, the original Rocky Four for 10 years, then you got to watch it. That's what I would use to amend your statement because, because I saw it a million times. Mm hmm. Uh, but I had not seen it in 10 years, yeah, literally. So you got to watch it. And you do watch it. And then it go, you go, oh, oh, because I remembered it as a ridiculous exercise in robots and, and staring. <laughs> yes. I do. You know. I have never liked the original Rocky Four. Although on rewatch, I appreciated it a little bit more. Well, I appreciated it a lot more. And I realized yeah. how much I liked the movie. Because yeah. it's, again, if we've talked about this, it's lean. Uh, it's it's 94 minutes. They get There's no fat. It gets itself uh, where it's going real quick. Perhaps too quick, but but yeah. so quick that it did fine, uh, and so I was interested to see what the second one would be like. But yeah, you, yeah, it's very important in my opinion. You watch the old one before you watch the yes. new one. Yeah, and Mike, this is going to sound weird, but yes. uh, before this uh, episode ends today, I must break you. Oh no! Yeah, I'm well, sorry. I, the problem with that for me is there's no easy way out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's one asshole, but I'm going to have to take. <laughs> I wish I had that song queued up, but I don't. <laughs> Uh, what if I just, what if I cue this? What if you did the whole five minutes? Just like, <laughs> just like Stallone? Say, what you guys missed was a montage that we did right here in the studio. <laughs> I call my office a studio. Uh, I don't even know if it's an office. There's a studio. I could see Hey, if there's micro, dude, fuck this. The world has changed. If there's microphones in it, it's a goddamn studio. I'm worried at my place. One of the, one of the I things have nice that, equipment. It's gorgeous. It's all handed to you because you do work and contact people. <laughs> Get free Give headsets free for three hundred dollars. Yeah. Give me free stuff. Uh, but in my I record in my house, and uh this is a weird thing now. There's a baby next door now. Uh and only a baby. Lives alone. Strange. It makes no sense. I don't is know. Is that how the two year old boy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's right next to the forty year old boy. Can't handle himself. Very nice. Uh it's like a family that all of a sudden they live next to me. And I never in my building there's not a lot of uh friendliness. You'll <laughs> smile or nod, but nobody's really I mean I, there are people who've lived there as long as me, so I know them. Mm -hmm. But these people moved in and it, was, I, it wasn't any uh, malice, but I don't know them. Right. But then out of the blue I started hearing a baby cry and I'm like, holy shit, there's a baby who lives here now. That's amazing. But also it lives right next door to me and I'm, I'm not loud. I play loud music when I shower and stuff, but right. then I'm in earbuds, but I will, I go on Twitch every day and I stream and I'm yelling and swearing. And then also I record my podcasts kind of whenever I want. Right. Usually what that means is sometimes like three in the morning I'm shouting and now it's in my brain. I actually, be before I went and took a shower the Shh. other day, I went next door and I'm like, Hey, I go, can I turn music on? Because I heard the baby crying earlier. And they're just like, dude, you don't ever have to ask permission. Do whatever you want to do. And you said, fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Bring that baby out or take him on. Uh, Get in the ring. You try to be nice, you right. know, and and, uh, and people are very kind back, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but but it is a strange thing to be sitting in your house and you just hear a baby cry at, at 11.45 p.m. You're like, oh, man, that's weird. Yeah. Apartment living is, uh, it's uh, you got to be uh, respectful. Try to be. Like, I, 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 like every year, Pilar goes, I want to get you a drum set. I'm like, get me one. And she's like, she's like, where would you play it? I go in the garage. She's like, wouldn't that bother the neighbors? I'm like, 
I, I, I think it'll be okay if I'm in the garage. I'll shut the, I'll shut the, you know. Yeah, you got to close the door. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have band practice. I'm just going <laughs> to, I go, or we could put it up here in the, uh, in the guest room, you know, the guest department and I can play up there. Well, all right, but I'll tell you, uh, you want my opinion? You yeah. didn't ask for it, but I'm going to give it the garage. You know why? Because I can write my songs down there. Besides that, you're certainly not going to be bothered in the garage. Also, and if always... I had auditions for other for band people, they could just swing by. Well, I'm thinking the rest of your family. There's always the chance that you will possibly die of asphyxiation. So that's always that's a bonus for them. You're saying pull the car and start it yes, up and, and, and start drumming exactly, and just and exert yourself while. Is that how Keith Moon died? Oh, baby. Yeah, but he was doing it for fun. He was even. Right. He was trying to get high on gas fumes. He was down. That was the last thing he hadn't tried, and it's the one that got him. Uh, but I took but, a handful of horse tranquilizers. I started up the car. He was good. Uh, but you, if you play the drums up here, uh, with your setup here in the in the studio with yeah. those, uh, it's because I, I love up here. Yeah. Uh, your windows, the whole. She thinks the neighbors will hear you in the garage. I'll be able to hear you out out at the intersection when I get off the highway. What if I just use the brushes? Oh, you're going to go jazz? <laughs> what if... What if... No, no. What if she got it? You didn't do... No chakatataka. You did none of that. You literally only played... You just played that for hours. And finally she comes up and she's like, what is happening? And then they just go... Yeah, you got to put them in, you got to put in the garage. I think you'll be fine. Oh, your garage yeah. is already filled with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I'll make room for drums. But um but uh, you know, also if there's if there was one of those sets where you just wear the headphones and it sounded real, I'd be fine with that too. Like those electric drums? Yeah, but there's some that sound like real drums. Yeah, no, you get real drums, dude. Don't don't fucking you're not George Jetson. Don't, don't get me. some bullshit. Don't tell, tell me. Well, I'm telling Pilar. Yeah, get you. Even if she gets you a fucking Meg White special, you got a tom, you got a cymbal, you got a bass drum. The end. Seventeen years ago, seventeen years ago, she got me a guitar when I was forty, and that's uh, that's uh, that's in the garage. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, no <laughs> doubt it is. Uh, you pluck it. I, I saw you playing roundabout when I pulled up today uh, <laughs> with my nimble Boom, fingers. Bling, bling, when bling, I pick it up bling. and I just fool around with it, like just Pilar goes, I really think if you tried, you could play it. Of course. I go, no, this is just a trick. It just, I just, I'm just making it look like I can play it. I can't really well, play it. Yes. But you could, if you applied yourself, you, and you did the work, you yeah. could play the fucking my, thing. My friend, uh, my friend Rob got me a, got me a ukulele when he came here and I, I played that for about a week and I loved that. But then. Now, I where does he come here from? New York. Is he still there? Yeah. So there's no chance I could go find him tonight and punch him in the face? <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> Fucking ukulele? Are you He's an amazing me? musician. For He's... him. For him. Don't give it to you. Don't pass that disease well, what on he to says you. Is, what he says is he gives people ukuleles. That way, when he's in town to visit, he doesn't have to travel with oh, a ukulele. Oh, fuck you, Blue Hawaii. Hey, come yeah, on now. Come on. No, no, no. no, no. no. I can't. Bring I can't. me a pineapple. I Don't give me a ukulele. You have a bullshit. bike in your apartment. Uh, there's the, And I can play it. I can play that goddamn thing. <laughs> and, play, and also, it's not going to offend my neighbors. I bet I've played the ukulele as much as you've played the bicycle. That can't be argued, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you asked 100 people, 99 of them would say, I would rather have a bike than a who, motherfucking ukulele. Who got you that bike? Uh, my good friend, Dennis. Fuck that guy. Evil Fuck Dennis. him to the, all uh, to hell. He would laugh at that. He would think that's hilarious. All I'm right. sure your friend Rob is a pleasant man, He's but amazing. a ukulele is, is the cancer of instruments. And to give it to you not if is, someone is if you, evil. He's not like playing it. Bleep, bleep, bleep. That's he, what you do. That's all it no, makes. No, no, that was not, that, That's the best song I've ever heard no, on ukulele. No, no. He's not playing it like he's at a luau. What he you, can actually play songs What you it. just did was the best song I've ever heard on a ukulele. Do no. it again. Bleep, you know, you're not bad. You're really not bad. I got to be honest. I take back what I said about Rob. That's terrific. Rob taught me this. Bleep, 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 bleep,
See, Rob knows what's up. All right, you know, I take, I, I get, it. I wasn't realizing he in was my a, headphones. That sounded like a ukulele. He's quite an accomplished musician, this Rob. Let's just do all instruments uh, in the mic. Ukulele. Uka- <laughs> 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 all right, we're here tonight because. One of your favorite musicians of all time is Meatloaf. Rob? Oh, I think it meant Rob. I'm sorry. We're talking about Rob still? You love Meatloaf. I love the food and I enjoy the artist. All right. So what we're going to do tonight, and you already know it, folks, because you read the description probably. We're going to go track by track through Bad Out of Hell 1. You know, I have a couple of blind guys who listen to my podcast. They write me all the time. And that thing you just said yeah. would not apply to them. Okay. Well, they, here's I'm going to read you. the description. They like to be, they have an unveiled theater of the mind, Pat. Bad out of hell. Mm-hmm. It's not bad out of hell one because at the time they didn't know there would be any more. It was just bad out of hell. <laughs> they were lucky to get in the studio. Yes. Then bad out of hell two, back into hell. Mm-hmm. That's ballsy when you go back into hell. Well, he left something there. He left his keys mm-hmm. and he had to go back sixteen years later and, and grab them. And then this could get scary. Bad out of hell three, the monster is loose. What the hell? I know. Oof. What did they do? They unleashed a monster from hell. Well, let me, right, let me ask you this. Again, like I said, uh, that's 16 years later. You forget your keys. You got to go back into hell yeah. and grab them. When does Bat 3 come out? Uh, let me back up here. Let me get the dates. I actually know. I thought you'd I'd know. If you I don't know. about oh, 2006. Yes. So it comes out 2006 from 93. So that's another 13 years later. Yeah. Uh, so what are you doing in hell that entire time? Is he just antagonizing the monster until the monster breaks loose in 2006? <laughs> he's poking the monster. He is, right? He's, just, he's yeah. got his keys. He, got a hand, he makes that key fist and he's just poking him. <laughs> Uh, he is the gig keeper and the key master. So let's talk about Bat Out of Hell. It came out October 21st, 1977, 44 years ago, produced by Todd Rundgren because they couldn't really figure this thing out. How they would, when they pitched it to record labels, they would go in and they would play it live in like in the office. Like they would come here and play it live. That's how they were pitching the album. Okay. And no one could really figure out what to do with it. And then Rundgren, I think, Knew, well, knew how to do it. And yeah, but, but if you're looking at, at Meatloaf live, also, yeah. that's a weird thing. Yes. Uh, and then he comes Sweating in. in your office. I was just going to say, by the time he's done, you're oh ankle God. deep in meat sweat. <laughs> so uh, what do you do there? You know what I, I mean? Know. You, you get a squeegee yeah. and, and you know, he, you know what? He probably signed four contracts, but it was so sweaty. His, his, it ran his <laughs> signature ran. and they couldn't book him. That's the way it worked. Plus that tomato sauce from the Meatloaf. Oh, got, it got everywhere. Uh. So let me tell you who's involved in this album. All songs written by Jim Steinman. And then Meatloaf, obviously, on vocals. Todd Rungard on guitar. Chasm Salton from Utopia on bass. Roy Bitten from the E Street Band mm-hmm. on piano and keyboards. And when you, hear, when you hear the keyboards on this, once you know that it's Roy Bitten, you go, yes, that sounds like, you know, Jungle well, Land or that type of thing. You, I, all right. I made it, because I, I, you know, I listen to these albums, and I made an observation during one of them. Okay. And I, I was going to save it, I, I don't want to say it now. I want to maybe I'll say it later, but say it later. Yeah. Okay. Because you want to say it, it now? Because it's, it's essentially what we're talking about. Well, then um, maybe at, is it going to be out of place if you say it later? No, I'll bring it up later. Why not? Let me see if I can entice you to say, oh, hold on. I'll put it to music. Um, who else we got? Roger Powell from Utopia on synthesizer. Edgar Winter that on saxophone. That Cozy's brother? It's not. It's not. All right. Max Weinberg on drums for three songs and John Willie Wilcox of Utopia Drums on three songs. J-W-W. <laughs> Ellen Foley, lead and backing vocals. Oh. Rory Dodd, backing vocals. And uh, we got uh, Phil Scooter Rizzuto, play-by-play on track six, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, 
That's bad out of hell. Phil Rizzuto, formerly in the band The Money Store, if anybody remembers <laughs> Is that. Is that true? Well, no, he's very all famous right. in New York for commercials for The Money Store. Oh, all right. Phil Rizzuto for The Money Store. Now, Mike, I have these songs queued up. Uh, it's very hard to cue some of these up because so, they're, they're eight minutes, they're, they're nine a minutes. wild ride. Yes. So to cue up a point that's going to give you everything you need to enjoy the song is impossible. But we can only play 45 seconds or a minute. So mm -hmm. I might not have it queued up to a spot that you want. Okay. So you're just going to just enjoy it. Well, that, that won't it's really difficult. come. That'll come difficult. into play on the other two albums. But because this first album, no matter where you queue up, which song you queue up, yeah. no matter what spot, you're going to hit brilliance. Because it's only got seven tracks mm -hmm. and it's wonderful. There's, there's it's one wonderful. song, there's like one song that I might... Uh, that that might make me go. Eh, that one's just good. Yeah, but it's <laughs> but everything else. It's seven. It's seven songs only. It's still forty six minutes long. It's it's gorgeous. All right, we open with the title track, and by the way, uh, I am playing the Super Audio CD version that was released by Analog Spark Records, and this thing is out of print. And if you can find one on eBay or in a used record store. Pick it up because this album has never sounded better than it sounds on this CD. And I'm not making any money from saying that. Yeah. Okay. Analog Spark. It's a super audio CD. All right. I'm going to drop it in on the title track, which is nine minutes and 52 seconds long. It's Bad Out of Hell. Let's listen. Sounds are screaming and the fires are howling. We're down in the valley tonight. There's a and a blade shining no so bright There's evil in the hand There's thunder in the sky And a killer's on the bloodshot streets Oh, I'm down in the tunnel With a deadly horizon Oh, I swear I saw a young boy Down in the gutter He was stopping the foam in the heat Unbelievable. I, I'm going to say this, and I hope you know what I mean, because it's going to sound like I'm saying the same thing, but what I'm saying, I'm saying the same thing, but different. I don't right, get let's it. Let's put it that I way. I understand. Uh, every song on this album, this album alone, uh, every song is going to leave you breathless, <laughs> exhausted, and winded. Yes. And, yeah. and those don't mean the same thing. No, no. Winded because you're just like, what the, what, what did I just go through? Yeah. Like, it's like you've climbed out of a clothes dryer. Yep. You know what I mean? You're disoriented, and but breathless because you can't believe the sonic leap. Like, I can imagine, again, like you said, performing this live in some dumb fuck with a pencil and a tie's office, <laughs> and he's just like, I don't have any idea. Are you from space? Like, where did you guys come from? Like, is is this the only album in existence where every single track is epic? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, every it, single song's epic. It is. Like, it, I, he wrote he wrote seven show closers. These may, each song was recorded on a cloud. 
And I'm not even joking, like up in the atmosphere somewhere. No, it was in hell. Uh, no, they were out of hell. They batted oh, out of hell. Out of hell. Yeah, it's right, on, it's right there on the cover. They're flying out of hell. It was the song we just heard, for God's sakes. Um, but so, Breathless and Winded and, and separately. That's the thing. Yeah. Not not together. Like, you're just like, oh, it, it takes, it shocks you. You, you imagine, and, okay, well, let's go back to 77. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, Boston comes out that year. People hear the Boston album and they're just like, whoa. Even that throws you off, that sonically. Yeah, it does. Um, but if you're listening to a lot of AM pop and a lot of that AM radio stuff, Kiss, of course, is touring with the giant bombs mm-hmm. and stuff. People make fun of them, but you still got Elvis hanging around and, mm-hmm. and people like that. Zeppelin is still a couple of years away from in through the outdoor. So you, you're, uh, this comes in the middle of all of it and you're like, I, you can't make sense of it. You yeah. don't know how to make sense of this. Yep. I'm sure FM radio was going, I don't, and, and he, it, people might know him from Rocky Horror. They're like, is that the guy from that? I don't, yeah. is that Eddie? It's such a fucking explosion, man. It's crazy. And an explosion, but with an explosion of multicolored confetti and streamers. Like it's not a bomb. It's it's a if it's anything, it's like a a fucking happiness bomb. It's crazy how good it is. And what are and they, different? What do they call this style of rock and roll? Is it Wagnerian? Baroque. Baroque. Wagnerian, I could see. That's very operatic. Uh, but I would say Baroque as well. I don't know. Baroque might be a little darker than what they do. Because there's optimism in all of these songs. Even the sad stuff, even the ballad stuff. True. Um but yeah, my God. There you go. Whatever happened to Saturday night? When you missed the job and you felt all right. It don't seem the same since Cosmic Light came into my life. I thought I was divine. I used to go for average to go and listen to the music on the radio. My saxophone was blowing on a rock and roll show. Climbed in the backseat. There's a lot of highlights in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but that's definitely a highlight. Oh, it's huge. It's so huge. good. And in the movie, it's an explosion. Yes. Because again, it's in the middle, like a lot of stuff, and out of, he, because he bursts out of the tomb, mm-hmm. the ice castle, and yep. the, I, oh no, meatloaf again. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does, uh, I will say this to a Do about I, did him. you throw a toast at me? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> great Scott, I did. I didn't even have my umbrella <laughs> The uh, the thing about him too, also in '77, because again, we don't know what to do yet. And rock stars, it's all you know. Robert Plant in in yeah. jeans, you can see his cock. Like all those guys are thin and bony. <laughs> David Bowie, everybody's like a color forms guy you can read through. And then he shows up, and he's just a fucking pork chop. He's got a tuxedo shirt on. He's a ham. He's and, and like literally, he's not a, just a ham like in a crazy stage. Scarf. He's and he's huge. And you don't get this a lot. And certainly now, it, it, not a lot of it has changed. Because society looks askance at it, but when someone big or heavy uh, is carnal or sexually uh, oriented, right. people get they get they get kind of creeped out How by dare it. How that guy have sex? Yeah, yeah. Like when I was super fat, like I wouldn't talk about it on stage. Like I didn't want to talk about dating or girls or anything because I didn't want people going, "Oh my god, how the fuck does that guy even yeah. make it work?" You know what I mean? But he unabashedly was just wearing his balls on his sleeve all yeah. the time. Everything was pining for women and he must have them. Is it, what's the and video in the diner where the, the short movie he made back then? Oh, I forget. Oh, I Christ. It's like, a, it's like an 11, 12 minute movie yeah. and he sings to the woman behind the counter and it's, and she's gorgeous and thin I and everything. Even, know. And even the video for, uh, for, for uh, paradise, 
with yeah. Carla DeVito, who's yeah. unbelievably gorgeous, and he's three times her size. Yeah. I mean, it it looks like a Disney movie, like yeah. a, you know, Beauty and the Beast or yeah, something. Yeah, it does. It actually, and but it's not out yeah. of place. But in your brain, you're like, yeah. no, that guy could absolutely get laid. He can get it. That guy. And and then if you if you go back a few years, Mama Cass Elliot did not have that. You know, no, that thing. No, no, she could be sexual, but people would be like, please, yeah, Ish. Cass. Please, <laughs> Cass, don't. It's so. It's it's again. It's very. Well, everybody's thing. looking at at uh, you know John Phillips and Michelle. They're looking at Michelle in that band. You yeah. know, what I mean? Mama Cass is there to hold it down with all the rest of them vocally, but she yeah. was never looked at as some sex uh, figure. Yeah, uh, Janis Joplin was also kind of you know a little uh, bent sideways looking, but yeah, I mean, yeah. But she also brought it too because again, if you bring it on stage and you sing, there are people who are just like, I just I gotta fuck that person or anybody near me. You yeah. know, that's how I felt when I saw Meatloaf. Uh, sure, and I still feel that way. <laughs> All right, track two is, it's a long title, Mike. It's, you took the words right out of my mouth, and then in parentheses, hot summer nights. Okay, but first, it starts with a spoken word. Are you going to play? <laughs> from Jim Steinman. It does. The master, the mastermind behind this, right? Yeah. Him and Rundgren. The muse, almost. Here we go. On a hot summer night. Would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Will he offer me his mouth? Yes. Will he offer me his teeth? Yes. Will he offer me his jaws? Yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. His <laughs> yes. Will he offer me his hunger? Yes. <laughs> and will he starve without me? Yes. And does he love me? Yes. Yes. On a hot summer night, would you offer your throat to the wolf with the red roses? Yes. I bet you say that to all the boys. All right. <laughs> That's, but it's great. It, and it's like, it's a twist at the end and it's actually funny. Yes. Because he's giving her all these things that you say mm -hmm. yes to and then I bet you say that to all the yeah. boys. I'm not going to believe really it. It's really funny. It it's is great. really funny. And it also, you figure this is 77 when, you know, he they came out of theater and stuff in New York anyway. So yes, it's, you, ve it's very musical theater. And you could literally see two people doing that on stage yes. together in a small black box mm -hmm. Before something, before a as a blackout on a sketch, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and they he probably just it was a piece of writing he liked enough, yeah, to where he went, yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna throw it right before this, and and then he then told me, look, by the way, I'm gonna be the guy in it, and they're like, all right, all I right, guess so, Jim, because I think a, a theme we'll hear through all of these albums is uh, is Steinman is an ever present. Uh, he he's the Sherpa, he's the god, he's yeah. the one pulling all the strings, but. You still want to be the guy behind the microphone, man. That's right, and, and you still wish you could be. Neither guy attractive. No, no, but but so, but of the so two, like they need they need the rock and roll cred to get girls. Yeah, and and Steinman had a lot of undeserved confidence because he looked awful. Yes, he, he looked like the guy on the zigzag wrapper. I mean, he was so bad, and like so. Me when Meatloaf is the sexy one, and nothing yeah. against Meatloaf again, right? But sweaty hair, big that dude. Yeah, when ha that's the guy. That's your Cyrano. Oh, that's the charisma guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Cyrano. You got the good looking guy, and you got the ugly dude in the bushes yeah. whispering. Yeah, we got the ugly Steinman whispering to fucking basically ugly Meatloaf, and you're like, how are either of these guys going to get laid? Beastie and the Beast. <laughs> but it worked, man. It did. All right, so here's, Stein here's Steinman is like Meatloaf's. <laughs> like growing out of his chest. Here's a little of the actual song. That's that's the ramp up, and but it, that's tacked on to the beginning of the song. It's not like that's separate. I got to take my analogy back. 
meatloaf is is Steinman's quato. Because this all flows from Steinman through yeah. Meatloaf's mouth. Yep. Yeah, I take it back. That would be a great video. Oh my, don't think they're not planning it. Even in death, Steinman's still writing. <laughs> and that 50s boom. Yes. I love that line. Oh, Ellen Foley. Its musical style is influenced by Steinman's appreciation of Richard Wagner. Okay. Yeah, also known as sense. Wagner. Uh, we called him Wags in high school. Did you really? Yeah. All right. Well, that makes sense. You going to Wags' house tonight? Uh, Wags is having a party. Well, is Steinman going to be there? No, Steinman's home. He's writing. He's writing. <laughs> it. He's, writing it. It. he's got a 20 minute song. He's trying to get it down to 10, 952. <laughs> <laughs> I find eight seconds to chop. It's so weird that Ellen Foley is on the album, but yet Carla DeVito <laughs> toured. And then in the videos, Carla DeVito is yeah, she's Ellen Foley. Lip, -syn lip syncing yeah. to Ellen's voice. You know, it's funny if Steinman was home with a 10 minute song trying to get it to 952, <laughs> the next morning it would be 1118. <laughs> Even somehow I can't add. do it, guys. I gotta, can't I, do it. You know it. what? I actually threw in another spoken word piece. I cannot another, do it. Another buck 18 I threw in. All right. We're two for two on this album, that's, right? That's, uh, of course we are. I mean, Jesus. That that song, you took the... And I, I'm going to say this, that I, it's just an overarching commentary, mm -hmm. certainly on this album. Uh, you know, I was 10 when this came out, but I didn't really discover it until I was 11 or 12, maybe. Yeah, I didn't discover it till... I saw him on Saturday Night Live, and then I was like, who's that guy? Because again, I was you know pudgy kid. And, yes, and you're like, that. oh, I want to be him. Well, kind of, you know I what I mean? I don't want to be that sweaty. <laughs> I don't like scarves. Um, <laughs> but then eventually, you you know, when you're 13, then I'm in high school, then, I, then I'm hearing it. You know, my yeah. buddy has it, we play the vinyl. And you, it, this... These these songs are what it feels like to be in love when you're 15 years old. Yeah. I, I know it just they just all are. They 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 make you ache. They're like open arms from Journey, where you just yeah. hear it. And and there's a song called Tender Love by the Force MDs, where you just you just like oh I why don't I have somebody to hug while I'm listening to this yeah. or lay on the couch on top of me and stare in their eyes while this is playing. Yep, you, you this, sit on your bed in your bedroom oh and, and you hold the album cover and you're just like what's going on? Yeah. What's and then, and then, or when you make out with a girl, and then you're, you know, you're, and it's, it's all getting the first, second, third. You know, I mean, it's the hands up the back of the shirt. <laughs> Easy and, now. You're getting ahead of yourself, Rizzuto. I'm being honest. Scooter. These songs, man. They just this this album in particular. You, you, you really wish, and they they haunt you if you don't. Mm. You wish you had somebody special to mm. listen to it yeah, with, yeah, and stare in their eyes while it's playing. It's agree. It's the feeling we all had when we were kids. Where will we ever find anyone to care as much about us? As the people in this song care as about each kid, other. As a kid, that's how you, that's, when you're a kid, you start to feel that way. Yeah. And you don't know where to put any of that no. emotion. It, no, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yep. You just, 
what do I do? What Everything do I do? Is, yeah, because you, you fear it'll never happen. You fear you'll never find anyone like that. And Steinman, his whole life was tapped into that feeling of inadequacy and never being able to find that and have it yeah, in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was getting shoved in a locker in high yeah. school. And and at, at 64, he was getting shoved in a goddamn locker in his brain every fucking day. Yep. Whenever even, he sat down at a piano, he was getting he was getting swirlied. Yep. Even, even though this is what came out of those uh, oh. fingers and brain. Yeah. All right, track three, Heaven Can Wait. Oh, Jesus. What? Nothing. It's, it's, it never stops on this album. And I know that I've been released, but I don't know to where. Nobody's going to tell me now, and I don't really care. No, no, no. I've got a taste of paradise. That's all I really need to make me stay. Four minutes and 42 seconds of uh, pure emotion. You you know how you can assign uh, songs or certain pieces of music to your exes or to people who are special in your life? Yeah. You got someone for this song? Everyone. <laughs> this this album applies well, it like to no all of them. no one was special because no, no, everyone's no, it, getting this album. No, because that's how special this album is. Oh. Because it hits all of the notes with every one of the people you've ever loved or had a relationship with yeah, or had to leave I or had it. leave you. Now I get it. It's it they it just it works both ways. It it works. This this album is interlocked fingers in someone else's hand, and this album is sitting alone in the dark and wondering where they went. Did you? Are you coming up with this off the top of your head? You I have am. notes. What are you <laughs> no, doing? No, I'm. I have emotion and Did feelings. Did you have this tattooed and, on your arm? <laughs> not my arm. How come you have love and hate across your knuckles? <laughs> my thigh. Hold on. I, if I wear shorts, I slide it up so slide I can read it. it up. And I'm sweating so much, it's all, it ran. The ink is run. I don't know what to say. Van Halen logo is right above the knee. <laughs> all right. Uh, track four, which closes outside one on the vinyl, is a little song called All Revved Up With No Place To Go. love that i was a varsity tackle in a hell of a block yeah <laughs> man that that song that's the song for me that would be if you had to get rid of one that's the one even though it's the hbo theme song uh <laughs> remember really? when that was uh 
No. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, oh, it was, yeah, it was, uh, I could look it up. I, I don't remember that. That's funny. No, yeah. I, and again, it's fine. That, that song is, uh, that's the only song on this album doesn't have that emotional hook inside of you. That, that all, that song, you know what that does? It picks you up and dusts you off at the end of side one to get you ready for fucking side two to take you out. I agree. I'm looking this up here. Uh, these are the 1983 opening credits to you, to HBO. Is this going to be it? That's wild. I did not reel this one. I knew Let that. See if it's... Well, that's not it. This isn't it at all. Well, maybe it is. The Dream On? What are we listening to? No, it's just, uh, it's... It's a camera panning out of a person's apartment, and it's coming down the street. <coughs> Made me choke. Was that you? I thought it was on the, I thought it was on the video. <laughs> what the hell happened to those people? That's weird. All right, so this is... This sounds like some sort of urban Jaws theme. Someone's about to be attacked by a say, shark. say, like, all revved up on HBO or something. All revved up on this HBO. This is this is totally identifiable. Yeah, but this isn't this isn't what I'm looking for. Are you sure this wasn't just a Holidaysburg uh, cut? No. Are you thinking of Holiday Holidaysburg box office? I that HBO? Let me type something. <laughs> nah, forget. I'm 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 sure I'm. Well, look for it. I'll vamp. Go ahead. I mean, nah, I, I just it's I not something that I have any touchstone this with. This is the stuff that I need Kyle for because I don't feel like like he'll go. Like two two keystrokes oh, yeah. in here. Here it is. Here it is. Here's three different versions. What do you want to hear? The long version? All right. Side two. Side track two. five. Let's flip it. Flip this it over. is the most heartbreaking song ever for me. All this right. is just this two out of three ain't bad. Wow. Mm. I mean, I can remember hearing that whatever age I was when I first heard this song, I was like, that's rough. Oh, that's what sadness is. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I know the I know exactly what thought, you're saying. I thought sadness was watching uh, the Amazing Spider-Man two. <laughs> these these uh, these songs all can make me cry. This like, is all this, of them. But this one especially is. But because there are lyrics that just again they take you out. But that again, just imagine imagine telling someone, because you, you can imagine being both people in the yeah. song. You can be imagine imagine being yep. the person who's like, hey man, uh, maybe I, you have been both people in this song. Absolutely right. Yeah, and. But if you've you, lived as long as I have, Mike, you've been both people in this you song. You can imagine sitting there and unfortunately trying to tell someone this that you, you know, you don't really you don't really love them, but you don't want them to go and it's really right. cold out and please stay and I don't mean to hurt you, but I'm hurting you and yeah. I know I'm hurting you. Yeah. And you can be the other person packing your bag. Right. And, and I, realizing that your world has just had the lever pulled on it and is dangling yeah. four feet above the yeah. fucking ground. And in my dating history, the girl that pulled the lever, you know, on me. Um, that thank you because that was a gift. Well, wh where you where you've ended up, certainly. Well, even what even what happened before Pilar, things that happened right after that too. I see. It, this was a gift, and then when you look those people up on uh, Facebook, you're like, oh. <laughs> well, what a nice, lovely gift. Well, I I wouldn't know anything about that. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't ever, it past his prologues, or I don't look at right. anything. I don't. I certainly don't look up anybody or look at anything they're doing every day. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three. Is it? And it's a trick. It's the 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 title of the song. Is a trick. On. Mm -hmm. It's such a trick. Yep. Here we go. Try not to cry. I tried to show you just 
Poetry, unreal. <laughs> all I can do is keep on telling you I want you. I want you. I need you. I need you. There ain't no way I'm ever gonna love you. Now don't be sad. I just got a chill. Yeah. saying is two out of three you know yeah. i mean you got that yeah. you, you know and and uh it's okay to settle for that isn't it would you right? help, would you carry my bag down to the cab <laughs> i can remember eighth grade hubert that's, hubert humphrey middle school mm-hmm. uh that song was played as a slow dance song at oh a boy. dance oh boy and uh and you don't because you don't know what it means yet no no idea no, no. until every, a girl doesn't dance with you yeah yeah exactly right and you're standing there watching kelly dunk dance with the drummer of the uh of the the band who's on a break and, uh, you know, you're just like, cause you don't think of the lyrics, you don't, you just, you just know it's a slow song to dance with somebody. Uh, and then you find out later, like, oh, that was inappropriate to play for eighth graders to dance to and pretend they were in love. <laughs> I know. Right. It's, uh, I have to get, I have to get my breath, Mike. Well, I don't blame you. It's a devastating it's song. It's a devastating And you didn't song. even play, like you played, uh, you got into the swing of it when it, when the, the music swells. I just don't know where to drop it in. Well, but I'm saying, but if you start at the open with just the, cause again, the line, you know, you've been cold to me so long, I'm crying icicles instead of tears. Well, if you listen to the open of the song, it sounds like ice falling, those piano keys, just those opening like ding. And that's planned. Ding. You know, that's planned. Of course it is. Steinman doesn't miss a fucking trick. Man. Yeah. Man. That's beautiful. Let me get back into, I'm calling it Batfest. Bat it. All right. So the next song yes. is one that everyone knows. All right. It's the- uh, This is number six on the album. This is number correct. six. All right. Track six. There's only seven tracks. And this is Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Okay. And I believe this did get some airplay. Yeah. It must've been an edited version, right? Because this is eight minutes and 29 seconds long. <laughs> so it had to be a truncated version. But again, you listen to this album- and uh, none and of the songs it, feel long. No, um, but we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, you—that's the thing. You just you hear the whole thing, and you don't even—you're not thinking to yourself, "Boy, this won't stop." You know what I mean? Right. Uh, now later that might occur in some some Easy. Of their compositions. All right. But but these out these songs absolutely every every note was needed. Here we go, Paradise. Come on, 
the Rolling Stone album guide, two and a half stars. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> idiots. Come on. Now, look, I know that there were that, that Meatloaf is one of those artists that can be the punchline. Yes. But this album is undeniable. You, it's undeniable. And we, it, you, they didn't know what to do with this, though, Pat. We, you know, nah. really, they heard it and just, they just didn't know. And, for, and also, let's do this. We, we've mentioned her, but man. Ellen Foley. Oh my God, she's killing the, it. Because again, she's got to stand up to Meatloaf. That dude is, he's like Peter Potamus. Like he opens his mouth and just like, the, just a hurricane comes out of his mouth. Yep. And she fucking is right there with all the wind mm. in her face and just battling him right back. God damn it. It's gorgeous. Uh, this is a, this is a diamond certified. It sold 14 million in the, uh, in the US alone. And then around the world, it's just, I don't know what these other, other you know other charts are yeah but it's you know it says and what well, i can i guess i can click on this what about the baftas Did it this take is a BAFTA? australian recording industry association says that this has gone 25 times platinum now i don't know what platinum means in their country though is that a thousand album yeah. i don't know but anyway, uh, well it, i know foster's is australian for beer Hello. So I don't know what would be Australian for platinum. That deserved more. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so anyway. Oh, and from what I understand, Phil Rizzuto didn't know how his voice was going to be used in this song. And was very disappointed. Did not like it. No, he did not. We're not happy about it. Because he's old school. Well, he's a human crew cut. He's one of those dudes. You know what I mean? He played for the Big glasses, crew cut. Yeah, yeah. And that's who he was. He was a Yankee guy. And ah, the money store. And he thought it would hurt his endorsements. And he thought it was going to, that he just, again, he's an old man at the time. He he much like most of the music industry didn't know what to make of Meatloaf. (laughs) He had no idea. And you know, I'll tell you, you mentioned 14 times platinum. There's only one thing about that that makes me angry and it's not uh, more uh well i'm sorry there's two things about it that makes me angry one it should be more yeah. two uh all of the pencil pushing fucking idiots who said no to him and mm-hmm. denied him and said no uh yeah eventually decided to take i'm sure all said yeah. oh yeah i don't i was right there for him we knew we knew when he walked in right. our office you know what i mean and they all made fun of him and they tore him apart and they put him through the fucking ringer until finally they took a goddamn chance at yeah. columbia and uh, and I don't know who that would be. You know what I mean? Is there? Does it come down to one guy, two guys? But every other person who was it anyone, was Wendell, uh, fucking Wendell, right? Fucking Wendell passed. Good for him. Wendell passed. Oh, he yep. let it go. I think Wendell was the guy who saved him at Columbia. <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. Is there's dudes who were like, no, no. Everybody who said no to this guy, you know, the second he hit, yep. you know, five million platinum or whatever the fuck, they were just like, oh, humana, no, humana, yeah, we, we knew it. Humana. We knew it. We totally saw it coming. Uh, I just watched the Alanis Morissette Jagged documentary. I. I it's fantastic. All right. It's really good. But like, it's the same thing. They would go and play the songs live for Jagged Little Pill and they couldn't get, they couldn't get signed. So they would just keep writing more songs and then they would, her and Glenn Ballard would go play them. And then they went to Madonna's boutique label, Maverick, yeah. and they interview the guy and he's just like, yeah, they come in. And from the first, uh, from the first song, I'm just like, Oh, where have you been? Whoa, what is this? And then he's like, and then they play another one. He's like, well, well, look, you know, and he's just like, he's not saying he discovered Alanis. No, he's just like, I, yeah, I had, I answered the door. I had to say yes to this. I had to go. Now he didn't have signing power. I don't believe, but he had to take her to the powers that be at the label and go, yeah, yeah, this, I mean, we got to get on board with this yeah, yeah. before someone else does. Whenever I hear those stories, they're great. When the, yeah. there's a, like the guy who saw Van Halen at Gazzari's or whatever, and went to Ted Templeman and goes, you got to come see this guy, yeah. this guy playing really guitar. And, see this. Uh, 
And then, you know, Ted Templeman's like, I didn't care for the lead singer. He was just like Jim Dandy from Black Hawk, Arkansas, but the guitar player was from yep. space. You know, he just didn't know what to do with him. Uh, Taylor Hawkins was the drummer in her touring band. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Spoiler that. alert. Yeah, that's where he, that's where the Foo Fighters got him from. Amazing. But this is a spoiler alert. The, the band, it's the band's all dudes. It's killer. Um, they're, uh, they, they're not trying, they're not trying to sleep with Alanis. Alanis isn't trying to sleep with them. They're like a band of brothers. They're like the brothers looking out for the sister. And, uh, and they're, they're loving the, sh the shows are just getting big. They go from clubs to just like stadiums. It's like crazy. But he says that, you know, she's on, this is Taylor says, uh, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, she's on stage singing about female empowerment and all this stuff. He goes, and we're just trying to get laid every night. And we're trying to hook up with the girls in the crowd. And we have, we have passes made the, that the roadies are handing out. And he's like, and, uh, Event, it went on for a long time and then eventually Alanis found out and she was really he's like she's really disappointed with us yeah he goes and we we felt really bad uh, you should he's uh, like course, because yeah. it's like this is happening on stage and then we're doing this afterwards right they're not being they're not uh that kind of stinks it does but he you know he owns up to it and he says you know they apologize and she well that that meeting was rough because she sat them all down she's closed the door and she said I want you to know <laughs> i'm happy for you <laughs> all right so, that song is fucking just the intensity alone oh my and that god line. the whole thing is intense <laughs> just the, the opening is intense that yep. she went she opens up because she just i uh, like just clenched teeth yeah. you're just like oh my god and glenn ballard's great too he's like yeah I, we i get hooked up with her and she comes over and she plays me like a song and he's just like the same way he's like Oh my word! What, is, <laughs> what? What? I got to work with this person. Yeah. And then he says, at one point, she goes back to Canada for the holidays. Like they've been writing the Jagged Little Pill album. Uh, they didn't know they were writing that album. They were just writing a song a day or whatever. He goes, and she went to Canada for the holidays. He goes, and I just thought, I don't think I'm ever going to see this person again. Not because something bad was going to happen to her. He just felt like I don't think no, she's going to come back and keep doing this or not because she was bigger than him. No, no, because she was not. No, he just, he just felt. I think it was just like, I just don't. I, you know, that's just the feeling he had. I don't know why he had that. Interesting. Feeling. But uh, he said uh, he goes, but then she did come back, and she was very thin. He goes, that was a little. I was worried about that. She goes, and she had her, uh, she had her sweatshirt on backwards and inside out, and and then she says something like, uh, yes, yeah, so I came back and. I had this and this and I could tell he was very stressed out and that's where the lyric comes from. Wow. You know, I have my sweatshirt on backwards yeah, yeah. and it's right out. I stress you out. It's, <laughs> it was just That's great. so great. All right, we mentioned Phil Rizzuto, so let's hear a little bit of what he contributes. Real quick though, I'm going to tell you that I just Hi. saw Storm Large and she did Uninvited in her set. And oh, it that's was such just, a great it song. Was so, and that's so from City of Angels, right? I believe so, yes. And it just reinvigorated the song for me where I was like, oh my God. And to the <clears> point where I didn't recognize it as Al Alanis at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, I asked someone where you're leaving. I go, what song? I know that song. What is it? And she goes, it's uninvited. And I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah. All right. Let's hear a little bit of Phil Rizzuto. <laughs> going 
got caught up in the song. I forgot I was just listening to Phil Rizzuto. Yes, sir. Scooter. Well, you can't turn off the Ellen. You can't turn the, it's the very hammer difficult. drop. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that song is just amazing. It's yes. a killer. Yes. It, it fits in with the rest of the, the, the entire uh, uh, track listing. They're all, it's just, it's a, what a monumental achievement this is. I'm it really even, is. It I really wish is. I'm not even screwing around. I mean, it, it's just so like, when good. I, when I asked you to listen to these, you were probably like, oh, God, I don't really want to listen to these. Um, this first, you, look, first of all, it's a lie because I told you the first album is, is so important to me. It is an amazing, amazing I mean, I remember you telling me you didn't want to listen to these. <laughs> so, I mean, that's oh, whatever you want to say, well, whatever you want now. Well, we'll get to the next couple of albums and see what happens. All but right. that all right. this, this album can't be fucking challenged. All right. We close it out, track seven, with an eight minute and 51 second epic called For Crying Out Loud. You ready? Yeah. Dude. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Caught up and forgetting to fade the song. Down. I don't even want you to, because what's funny is that that opens it's him at the piano, yep. and then the strings hit, and yeah. you know what I mean. It brings it to another level. You didn't think you can get to another level. I know. How do you think I did with my cues on these seven songs? Uh, love it. I'm, I'm I mean, it's, pre- yeah. it's re- I mean, it was really, it was really difficult because I'm like, oh, I'll do it here. Oh, but because you, you, you know, you, it's again, you got to well, find there are the changes sweet spot. And, and, yeah. yeah, and he, he, you know, you, it's again, it's a nine minute song. It's yeah. essentially three different songs in one in a nine minute ca- shell. You know, yeah, what I just mean? write three songs, Diamond. Don't try <laughs> no, to write one. No, I love it. I, I'm, I'm all I for do too. it, especially on this album. But man, that that imagine. All right, again, and I say this all the time. You know, when you when you see astonishing work. Mm-hmm. You know, and you never forget it. Can you can you imagine being in a room with just Simon on the piano and and Meatloaf belting that out like that, as they're either putting it together or whether they did it, you know, in a in a small club or you you'd lose your mind. You'd yeah. just sit there. You'd just be like, ah, oh, uh, your mouth wide open because you to to know that there's that much beauty just lurking in the world. It's yep. it's and overwhelming. How, how difficult is it to sing these songs night after night? Oh my God! Uh, Can and you imagine? Yeah, the, the the you know he was a big dude, and uh, it was the seventies. I would imagine that there was some uh, oh I don't know some party favors going around as they used to call them back then. There was probably mm. coke and booze and every other guy. You talking thing. about some Tootsie? Uh, to, to, Tootsie Oblivion marching mm. powder. You know mm. what I'm talking about? Oblivion marching powder. Window pane horse. <laughs> yeah, that's a little shatter. A little so, shatter in your life. So, Mike, what happens after this album is Meatloaf loses his voice he has vocal problems big time well i i don't doubt it did they how long did they tour did they tour extensively for this uh, album the next album came out in 81 so it was four years later and that's a long time to wait yeah when you're 
you know, on the well, rise. Well, you're that hot. You hit 14 right. million. You know, they yep. want you out there right again to do something else. So the next hour, uh, so him and Steinman have a falling out. So the next album comes out. It's Dead Ringer for Meatloaf. Okay. It's called Dead Ringer. And um, and then Steinman goes to make an album, Bad for Good. So they both release albums in 1981. Uh, Todd goes with Steinman. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's wacky. And then uh, Meatloaf, his album's produced with uh, with Jim Jimmy Iovine and a guy named Stephen Galfass. And uh, but you can but all, and all the songs are written by Steinman. By the way, I did want to mention that on the cover of Bad Out of Hell, it says songs, Song. songs by Jim Steinman, yes. which is something you never saw before in my knowledge. No, and it was very much indicative indicative of them being a team. And they were yeah. like, We're doing this together and stuff. But also it got to the fact that, like we said, Steinman desperately wanted to be yep. the front guy. I mean, he yep. wishes yep. he could have, and he had every component. You know, it's it's like yep. the movie Phantom of the Paradise we saw. Right, yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's the Jim Steinman story. Yep. You know what I mean? That dude is writing songs for that woman, and he's just, he's this hideous creature mm-hmm. that keeps yep. locked away. Uh, that's the Jim Steinman yep. story. Exactly. Uh, so I'm going to give you a little taste of the two albums that came right after Bad Out of Hell before we move in. Okay. Um, I could easily play uh, Dead Ringer for Love where Cher sings at the top of her register the whole time. Really? Uh, have you ever heard Dead Ringer for Love? No. Really? No, I, I, I all right, because you mentioned this, you mentioned, and it was Bad for Good, and what's Meatloaf's it, album's it, name? Dead Ringer. Okay, I owned Bad for Good. Yeah, I own it. I did not own Dead Ringer. All right, let's. let's so I'm Todd Rundgren. Like okay. you made fun of Todd for going with yeah. Steinman. I went with Steinman. All right, and I love the Bad for Good album, and I hope the the drop you're going to play is the you know the hit. That would be great. All right, and then um, this is uh, I'll just do the title track for you. It's called uh, Dead Ringer for Love, right. and the um, <laughs> the chorus is something to behold. Uh, now I don't have this queued up, so I'm gonna have to find that's fine. The spot. So while you're doing that, I will tell the listener. Uh, I, my assign my homework was not to listen to all of the meatloaf tracks. No, no, no. I, I this was a bat one, two, and three, but we're kind of we're searching around for some meatloaf to listen to now. So his voice is not good. It sounds like process. Yeah. Here comes Cher like a crazy banshee. Like they're singing rock and roll and brew. I thought they were. Now look, I, now I like the Dead Ringer album. I'm only playing it because Meatloaf. I'm just saying, just adding, showing where they went. After adding Bat. context, which is that fine. his vo- his voice isn't great. Well, I'm not familiar with it, but I will say this: uh, I thought what Cher did there was great. Yes, and I will say this too: Cher got it. She understood. The, you can't. You can't underplay in these songs. No, you, you can't, can't come in there and be like, I'm going to no, be all subtle. You to, and You have to blow it up. Yeah, you, I, like, you can't be Lou Reed in a Jim Steinman song. Right. All right, you, need to, you need to reach the back of the arena. Here's one and more. And Cher absolutely got it there. This is Read Him and Weep. You know, the, you know the Barry Manilow version. Here's Meatloaf's. All right. Is it not playing? By the way, that's quite a presumption on your part. For some reason, it's not playing. That I would know the Barry Manilow version. Oh, you know it. <laughs> but I love the confidence in it. 
<laughs> you know the Barry Manilow yeah. version, but... songs are there but the voice is not well the voice yeah clearly not there and and also in that first in the first verse there uh deeper in the mix than he is yeah. on bad out of hell where yeah. they they really bury him a little bit yep. there to kind of carry him with the fullness of the instrument yeah it's it's um yeah the, again mm. i love the album yeah okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself begin your new smile journey with bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at bite.com bite clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door treatment costs thousands less than braces plus they offer financing options accept eligible insurance and you can pay with your hsa fsa Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And when I had him sign my Bad Out of Hell album, I also had a copy of Dead Ringer. Uh-huh. And he signed that too. And I said to him, I go, I bet people don't ask you to sign this much. And he goes, oh, no, they do. All right. Sorry. (laughs) Thanks. So Bad for Good, which song, because I'm not sure which song was the hit. Which was Well, it's a song I'm sure we're going to play a little later. Later. Is it Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through? And you want to hear Jim Steinman's version of Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through. Yes. Here we go. And I had Bad for Good back when it came out, and then I lost it, and then you, because uh, was I, I always felt no one else knew about it but me, and then I mentioned it to you once, and you were like, oh my god, I own it. And I was like, what? I own, I own two copies. One has the Japanese track order, and one has the U.S. track order. I'm going to jump this ahead a little bit. Well, you should, all right, hold on. No, go back, go back, go back. What? Let his voice start. Okay. Because we're all used to hearing Meatloaf's voice. Okay. Listen to Jim Steinman's voice start this song. Hold on.
It's just gold. It's so good. And yet not a good singer. Well, a good enough singer. Yes, passable. Yeah. Uh, but, but I wouldn't want... But I bet, I bet he's a studio singer, not a live singer. You know what he is? He's a, he's, a, uh, he's a guide singer. That would be a vocal track you'd give to the singer and go, okay, here's how I want it done. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, then the singer right. would bust it out. Here's my demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When he wrote that, he would record that with that voice. You're right. That's a good uh, And then Meatloaf would come in and, and send it to fucking Pluto. And, uh, and he would love it that Meatloaf could do that. Yeah. Now, all the songs on Bad for Good, Meatloaf eventually recorded all but I think two of those. Like You yeah. could actually piece together. And we're going to hear. Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to hear some. You could piece together a Meatloaf's Bad for Good if you wanted to. And trust me, I have. And trust me, you shouldn't have. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> you say if you wanted to. I'm like, oh, no, I, okay. I, didn't, I didn't want to. So then Meatloaf releases another album in 1983 and another one this in 1984. This is Dead Ringer, am I correct? 1983? Uh, Dead Ringer, 81. Dead Ringer. Midnight at the Lost and Found, 83. Bad Attitude, 84. Is Blind Steinman Bef- writing those songs on those no, albums? No, no, okay. no, no, no. Blind Before I Stop, 86. And then, I don't know how it happens, but in 1993, at the height of grunge... Yes, sir. I have a question because you're yeah. mentioning all those albums that he and Steinman did not work yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I think Bad Attitude has two Steinman songs on it. Well, but my question Surf's is because the voice is gone on on Dead Ringer. Yeah, is it back for these these other? Yes, albums? it starts to come back. Okay, so it was just what polyps. It was I don't because I'm not familiar with what happened to the man, Mike. When I lost my voice, yes. Um, here, I'll tell you what. Was it just the abuse he had done to his vocal cords and stuff? I think it's the abuse that he did on the tour, and then they then they threw him right in the studio to do a follow up album, and he's just not ready. Right, and that that's happened to other singers too, where they've tried to yeah. they've gone in and they've actually had to stop. Um, I want to say Sting had that happen once. Who was it? There was somebody who went in and went to record after right after a tour and was like, I can't. I'm gonna I can't I, do know, it. He didn't have it. Uh, here's a little taste of 1983 Meatloaf when the voice is coming back a little bit. This song is called Midnight at the Lost and Found. Title of the album. See, it's coming back. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's pushing. Yeah. So Midnight at the Lost and Found is 10 songs and it's just rock songs. Like, it's just like, here's, uh, you know, everything's like four minutes. Right. There's no, none of this big epic things. It's just, I'm just going to do rock songs. I see. So that's what that is. And now I, your listeners may know this, of course, because your listeners are, are mm-hmm. a lot more musically inclined than I am. And you certainly know this. I did not know until a year ago mm-hmm. that uh, Meatloaf was on Ted Nugent's uh, album in in place of Derek St. Holmes for for what two songs or three songs? Uh, I think he's on most of the album. Yeah, because I, I, I and it's the thing where I just never I don't know why I didn't register with me or I didn't think about it because he and Derek St. Holmes were in the kind of in the same neighborhood I suppose. But then when I heard it was Meatloaf and I went back and listened, I was like, oh my god! Yeah, it's crazy. You and know I, immediately. You know, it's and it's so funny. I'm the one that told you that. I always forget about it. Yeah. I always forget about it. So I'm going to... Um, yeah, because uh, I didn't have any idea. You mentioned it because we were talking about uh, we were talking about Derek St. Holmes and whatever. He went yeah. up... The album's then, got nine songs and Meatloaf sings five of the nine. Okay. And I was shot. And again, like I said, it wasn't the one, anything I ever noticed until I went back knowing it was Meatloaf and then went, oh my God, of course that's Meatloaf. How did yeah. I not know this? 
All right, so I guess I got to play one of these. Why not? I'm going to give you the titles. You tell me which one to play. Writing on the Wall or Street Rats Together. Or hammer down. Hammer down is the one I will I will choose. Street Rats is the one though that I know, but I'll take I'll take hammer down. All right, here we go. Hammer down. Hammer down. Simmer down. Hammer down now. Hammer down now. All right. Let me cue it in here a little bit. Theodore. I tend to doing a weird thing like a bit. There's Theodore. Uncle Fed. Yep. Bad out of hell one. Hammering it down, Mike. I, I think he did dates with them, didn't he? Tour on that? Uh, I, with them I don't too? know. I let's go to you. We'll look at YouTube. Let's see do it. Let's see go, find it. Let's I find can't me. find anything on YouTube. <laughs> All right. So I was ramping up a little bit of the bat out of hell too, back into hell. Well, you were getting. Yeah, you're going to describe it. You said 1993. Mike, let me let me let me give you a little stuff here. Do it. 1993, at the height of grunge, Steinman. And Meatloaf gets signed to MCA Records to release Bat Out of Hell 2, Back Into Hell. And the thing is a hit. Sells 5 million copies. I think Meatloaf's nominated for a Grammy. He might have even won a Grammy that year. I think he did. Uh, I'm just going to say he did. He won. He won. He won. He won many Grammy. No, he won. I know he won a Grammy. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this. You, you said it sold 5 million copies. I think it actually sold three times that. I think it sells more than Bat 1. I don't know about that. I, well, I was doing... I'm only looking at Wikipedia. Well, I was reading a lot of stuff yesterday and a lot of research. And I, I really, I think Bat, Bat 2 uh, it, sells... I think it sold 15. It million. shouldn't have sold anything. <laughs> I mean, in 1993, it shouldn't have sold... It shouldn't have even gotten noticed. All right, do you know anything? All right, let me ask you this. Because again, it's, it's so odd that like 16 years later, Steinman and Meatloaf, like I said, in the middle of grunge... Yeah. Would get a deal. Like, was somebody affiliated? With MCA Records. It wasn't like John's Records. No, they weren't doing it on somebody's garage. No. Uh, and MCA had the, they probably had the Beasties at that time, right? In 93 still, didn't they? I don't know. Weren't the they... Beasties on there or were they in Columbia? They were in Columbia. Okay, so the, uh, who am I thinking of on MCA? Whatever. Um, you know what? MCA's in the fucking Beastie Boys. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> MCA was with it and he's my ace. So I grabbed the piano player and I punched him in the face. Um... So is somebody affiliated with with them in '77 now at MCA? Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't how know. does this? Ha- how do you I, luck in? I don't this? know how this happens. I really don't. But uh, by the way, did we talk about how awesome the Bad Out of Hell cover is? You didn't really. You only mentioned the credit to Steinman. You didn't talk about the, the, the cover is amazing. Yeah, and so is the cover of this album. Yes. I mean, for a sequel. Now, this is sequel album. Sequel albums never are. What are you talking about? <laughs> makes, especially this, has, this couldn't have more against it. Well, and also a sequel album to something that was like, so stylistically different than anything you'd seen. Sold over 14 million copies worldwide. See? Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Worldwide. Okay. okay. But I mean, sequel albums, that's ridiculous. 
Unless but it's Kiss like, Alive 2. And like I said, so stylistically different from anything that it came out in 77. This, this shouldn't... Everything on the charts... Nothing sounds like this. Yeah, and it wasn't like there was some swelling of of Wagnerian opera rock no, no. that year where they were trying to catch a trend. You know, it's not like somebody signed the Squirrel Nut Zippers because they heard the yep. Squirrel Nut Zebras or whatever the fuck. And they, they just went, no, this we got to do this again. I don't know how that works. And Milo and Steinman don't lean into what's happening on the charts at all. No. They, they go, might yeah. not even have ever listened to the radio since, <laughs> no idea. since 77. Yeah. He's, well, he can't hear. He's deaf in one ear from Cher yelling at him. <laughs> and, uh, and he did the best he could. But I mean, how, baby, baby, uh, rock and roll. She around. got it, buddy. And how do they, are they writing for three years and they bring same, same, you know, and they go to them and go, hey, we've got songs. I, it's, I'm fascinated by how this became to well, be. Well, a couple of these songs are from uh, yes. Bad for Good. Yes, they are. But it's just, it's, it's an unbelievable story. I mean, it's, this would make, uh, this, this would make a feature film. <laughs> it reminds me of the story when uh, a record company sent out a single and wouldn't tell you who it was. And it was Donny Osmond. It was Donny Osmond. Soldier and they, of Love. Yes. And they, they wanted you and to I play it. And I still didn't buy it. Yeah. Well, but still, but they played it and you're like, oh, okay, I get this or whatever. Oh, this is, is this George Michael? Yeah. No one knew. And then it turns out it's Donny Osmond doing Soldier of Love. And like, oh, you got me. And everyone said, boo. No, stop. <laughs> then he's in the video for uh, Ambitious with Jeff Beck, which is a great oh, video. Right. Yeah. He busts cool. out two lines and tears it up. Yeah. But yeah, but so that thing, like, because again, if you're, if you're rehabilitating Donny yep. Osmond, you do that. You send it in a black brown yep. paper bag or whatever the fuck. But these guys they're known you know meatloaf is still known he might even be acting in 93 at that yeah, point yeah. and so i i'm fascinated to know who called them and said hey do that you know the thing you did 16 years ago let's do, do a little it bit again. of that now and then as the single they pick the leadoff track which is 12, 12 minutes, minutes. <laughs> now mike they edit it down to a nice five minutes and 25 seconds and yeah. this thing gets airplay yeah it gets big time airplay. Now, in reference to what we said, because I was going to say this earlier, when we listened to the first album, mm -hmm. uh, again, this is a 12 minute track. It flies it by. It flies by. I listened to it twice yesterday. And because the first time I was like, and then it ended, and I went, wait a minute, that didn't seem like 12 minutes. And I played it right. again and, uh, and, th and then paid attention. Yeah. And went, man, oh man, this is. I, I can't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't drag like you would nope. think it would, but it doesn't. Yep. And then, um, so, uh, Jim Steinman produces, yes. uh, Todd's back. He does the background vocal arrangement. I'm sure he was quite vocal in the studio too. It's got Kenny Aronoff's on drums this time. Roy Bitten's back. Um, Lorraine Crosby. Yes. Does the lead vocal. I don't even know who she is. Elevates the entire thing. She's billed as Mrs. Loud. Now the rumor is they wanted Melissa Etheridge to sing that part, but for some reason she wasn't available or they couldn't get her or whatever the reason. But um, uh, I enjoy Melissa Etheridge. But yeah, this chick kills it. No, you, I could not. I, I mean, look, could anybody do it? Maybe. Could they do it as well as this? Because literally when she comes in, it, it the whole song it's swells up now. again. It's, it's yeah, this voice is iconic. It it brings it to a place because again, it, it look it's Steinman and Meatloaf, and it's it's uh, an epic track that they wrote. Yeah. And again, it's a, t a tip. But then when she comes in, she makes it something more. She brings it to a different place, yeah. and it's phenomenal. It is. And I hope you can play part of her in the drum. I hope that I have it. So. <laughs> Um, so I was doing the crack me up comedy tour when this album came out Okay, and I just played it to death. Like I drove the guys crazy, but then I played it so yeah. much 
that they started to enjoy it. Yeah. But when we were when we would set up uh, or we would play show music, I would always we we could all we could each pick like three songs to put on our our mix CD, and I would always pick the twelve minute version <laughs> of "I Would Do Anything for Love." Well, but, I thought I was going to make fun of it because I'm listening to it again, like I said yesterday, and I, I love I went, the song because uh, also the line, you know, "I would do anything for love, but I won't do that," and I know what it is that he won't do. Edit. Clearly, <laughs> clearly editing is what he won't do. So many jokes. Uh, but that, but then it crushes. It, yeah. You just, you, you can't deny it. Well, let's hear it. Let's stop talking. Some days it don't come easy. And some days it don't come hard. Some days it don't come at all. And these are the days that never end. And some nights you're breathing fire. His voice is back. Oh, yeah. Strong. You want me to find her, right? I'd love it. Let me try to find it. Let me like, turn it the, down. The, in the part where she jumps in, you know what I mean? Like her first track, her first vocal. Uh... You know what? I, I will say this. I love these songs and I love him, but when I listen to music... Hold on a second. Sorry. That's okay. I can't find it. Is it at the beginning? No. There, it's right there. There it is. Rewind it. It's Etheridge-like. Piano, come, come, come. Oh, I can do your whole secret. Will you hold me tight? Can you colorize my life? I'm so sick of black and white. Can you make it all a little less old? I can do that. Fucking goosebumps, dude. The growl is what uh, is what Melissa does also, but that yeah. growl in your throat, yes, yeah, so but good. I, and I can and hear the Etheridge now that you're mentioning it, but I just I just think this woman was yeah, so perfect. Yeah, I mean, she for nailed her. it. She, why you know why even tell us who it might have been when this girl kills it? But even the now, vulnerability of the uh, can you make it all a little less old? I I, just, yeah. I love that because she's you know she's dynamic and yes. bursting forth. Can you could you make it all a little less old? I just it's so vulnerable. And God, he I can do it. it. He says he can do he it. He says he can now. And I like that in this one, he's making promises he intends to keep. Yep. In Paradise, he's not keeping no, a goddamn no. one. He's matured. Yeah. So that's what I, he's, it's, he's come so, around to where he's making these promises to her and he fully intends to keep them. And you can tell. I think I bought this one CD single. So I had no idea that when Sign, I bought the album. Signs of a vinyl album. Yeah. I had no idea <laughs> that when I bought the album that the song was seven minutes longer. <laughs> and I enjoyed every single second. Absolutely. Of it. It, again, because it, it just rolls by, man. It does not, it, there's no moment where you're like, I got to fast forward or right. I got to skip order. Because again, she comes in at a perfect spot yes. where it could be the part where you're just like, oh, this might yeah. lag. No, man. And she yeah. starts singing. It's, a, it's completely new and vibrant and interesting. Yeah. And, and you it, need it at the nine minute mark. You need, you know what? That's you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh, and this yeah. just keeps me going. Yeah. It's it's so good. Right. I, it's just what can you say? I, I literally that's the first thing I wrote when I was reading this. I listened to it last night. I just wrote, "What can you say?" I, I mean, mean it's, I still love it to come back sixteen years later mm -hmm. after putting out Bat One, 
and that's your lead off. That's your that's, that's your, your opening track. Here we go, folks. Yeah, and, and that's you, like a take it or leave it, right? If you don't like this, done. then don't take even it buy it. Yeah, fuck you. Skeet shoot it. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. You want us to go back into hell? We will. We will. We'll do it. We're happy to do it. <laughs> All right. Track two, eight minutes long. Life is a lemon, and I want my money back. Now, Steinman is the king of long song titles. No doubt. Holy cow. So the but, song titles on this album are so long. This song uh, has a... Has a I, I, I know you have it queued up, but yeah. the opening is so huge. It's so huge. Because it's just like their chant. Yeah. It's like a chant. I don't think I have it queued up to that because after the chant, it was so long until there was more. Right. Stuff. But that that it's got a the fantastic title, but then that giant opening, yeah. man. It just again, because so, coming off of the 12 minute classic, yeah, you're like, what's you gotta stay now? there. And they did. They matched it. And Now, I will say this, and you might be shocked. This has always been an immediate skip for me. That song? I, I just don't care for it at all. I think it's generic in many ways. I just, I don't like it. I mean, it's just, it's, that's, this is going to sound really stupid. That seems overproduced to me. I just don't like it. I've never liked that song. You're not stupid. I agree with you. Uh, that's why, again, I might, I've said huge opening, yeah, great it, title. And then it just meanders. It's nothing for me. This um, is a skip. And and I'm what you just said. I'm going to be saying a lot in in okay. the next you know what coming up here. Uh, it, you just you just find it to be because again when they when they hit it with the, when they yeah. nail the magic, you know you you really got to hit it for me to listen for 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You this, know, and this this album has 11 songs and it's 75 minutes long. Yeah. You could have the last uh, bat one is. Seven songs, so yeah. you could have easily lo lost this one for me. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, there's there's more than there's, a couple. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a couple we're, on here. We're getting there. The thing is, the ones, the ones that I love for me are ten. They're a ten. Like it's not like this one's about an eight. For me, the ones I love on this album are just tens. So we'll see what. And happens. you think to yourself that you, because uh, again, like you said, it's a seventy-five minute album. Mm -hmm. Okay, and in your brain, you're like. He could have he could have cut a half hour out of this. Yeah, easily. You know, and, easily. And it would have been fine. And then it would have been. But they'd been waiting sixteen years. They've been waiting to unleash on people. They've been uh, and because uh, I remember I bought this album. You know, when the, when I heard the the song, I was like, "You got to be kidding!" Yeah, me. I got to get it. And that twelve and minute, then you the see first the cover, song, and you, yeah, oh my god, and you're like, "How are they?" And again, the whole puzzle of how. Uh, yeah. And then you listen to it, and it's. Uh, I thought they were dead. <laughs> <laughs> but but and also I'm into Pearl Jam at that point, and I'm you know yeah. and Balance Van Halen is oh, ending. Yeah, I mean, Stone Temple Pilots. Right. I mean, no one yeah, wants Nirvana, this. Nirvana. No I mean, one wants everybody. this. No. And well, we didn't know we wanted it exactly. That's but the thing. We don't want all of it. We don't want all of it. <laughs> but now this song was played earlier, Jim Steinman's version. And here's Milo's version, Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through. You're shrugging already. I can tell that you don't enjoy it. I, I find this inferior in every way to Steinman's version. Really? Yes. I, I like it Because just they hoard it up. Steinman's is clean.
opinion, Jim Steinman has been waiting this long to hear Meatloaf sing a couple of these songs. I feel like I feel like this is Jim Steinman's preferred version. He wrote it for Meatloaf, he produced it, and he was so happy that Meat finally put his stamp on it. I can understand that. I because I love the other one so much. Fifteen years or uh, twelve years yeah, prior to this with one, that out, one, you grew yeah, up with it. I find this one completely overproduced. This mm. this song for me is a tryhard compared to the other version. And yet produced by Jim Steinman. Exactly, and and because you know why? Because he's he, Jim Steinman produces himself differently than he produces Meatloaf. Yeah, and so with Meatloaf, he knows he needs bombs bursting in air. Whereas we talked about the other song, and it's a song. Yeah, he's a songwriter, and he wrote a song, and he sang it, and and did what he was going to do with it, and then he gets the new toy, and he's like, oh yeah, you know, he's here. I, I got to fire it up. Get the Glockenspiel. Meatloaf just showed up. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about yeah, it. I get it. And I think that he hoarded this particular song up a lot, um, and and didn't need to, did not need to hoard it up in a good way. For me, well, <laughs> wow, it's a loaded question. Hoard it up sounds great. <laughs> just, just, we're having just, a party night. You want to hoard it up? Just it's it's like you yeah. know, put makeup on with a shotgun. You know, you know that old line. You All know right. what I mean? It's just it's just a blowout you didn't need. All right, let's go back to another epic one. Seven minutes and nineteen seconds. Track four. It just won't quit. Yes. to read your face during this one because uh this is one that i really enjoy uh and and i'm glad you do <laughs> uh that just do your and, letterman say that as a letterman uh hey uh yeah paul uh did you, yes, did, you did you care for that did I you like care for Dave, that song? it just won't quit it's uh, fabulous well i i'm i'm certainly glad you enjoyed it and i, and I hope the folks at home enjoyed it too uh for me that is <laughs> that is your generic steinman template <laughs> it might that be is, it might be yes that is just him going hey i do this it might be and for me there's no catch no and, and like i said unfortunately we're gonna get into that a mm -hmm. few times on these albums the magic of bat one is that that was never there it was there was never anything where i felt like he's like oh i better do that that thing i do that steinman thing i do let's make it big all right let's yeah. go big uh, I, I, and I feel with a lot of some of these songs, he, uh, like you said, it's a 75 minute album. I think he forced himself on some of these songs. There, gotcha. there's stuff that appears to me to be filler and doesn't need to be there. And, uh, and that song is for me, that's generic Steinman. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't have the magic that it should. That sounds like something he would write. Do you skip it? If you're listening to oh, the yes. CD in the car? Yes, yes, oh. yes, 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 yes. Let me ask you something. Cause uh -huh. we're going to do a thing now after this song, it just won't quit. We're going to do a little, we're going to read something together. It, I call it Pat 
just won't quit. All right. Do you need your glasses to read? I, no, no. The I'm, print is small. I'm totally fine. I can see small things. Okay. I highlighted what you're going to read. I'm going right. to put my glasses on because I need them. I'll go get your glasses if you need them. No, no, I'm good. Okay. So uh, my 600th episode, Mike, I had Yola mm-hmm. as my guest. And I always tell people, you know, how I never quit. I never stop trying. If there's someone I really want to get, I just won't give up. Okay. okay? So, uh, so I, I, I got Yola and, uh, for my 600th episode, she's been nominated for two Grammys. I loved chatting with her. I only had a half hour, but I, I think I made the best of it and her voice was infectious and everything about her. I loved. Okay. So we're going to read the email thread, which started Friday, May 21st, 2021. Okay. okay. And really quick, we, uh, you've, you've, <laughs> You've used the same marker a couple of times in the same, on, on your name as well as the, I, I'm the other person always, right? I'm never you. I, I think I did it right. I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but. but okay, uh, well, let's see if we can do it. First, so I'm, I'm orange and you're yellow. Okay. Okay, so the first email I sent to Yola's people was, Doug, will Yola be available for interviews to promote the new album? Thanks, Pat. And okay. then. And when was that sent? That was sent May 21st, 2021. At, at, what, at what time? At 2.27 p.m. 12 minutes later, mm-hmm. uh, Doug returns a message. Hey, Pat, thanks for reaching out. Not sure Yola's quite the right fit here, but feel free to send me some examples of episodes to check out, and we'll take a listen for sure. Okay, so it's not a no, no. at this point. So, <laughs> same day, May 21st, 2021, at 2.47. So what do we got? Eight minutes later? You respond. I respond, Doug. She will absolutely be a nice fit. I love her music and I do a thorough interview. No one has ever been disappointed. Been doing this show for 11 years, 567 episodes, and over 3.9 million downloads worldwide. Here are my most recent and upcoming guests. And then I send a list and then I close it out with, I will work around Yola's schedule day or night to make this happen. So at the time that I sent this email, I had 567 episodes. So it's it's 33 episodes later okay. when I finally hook Yola, just right. to give some context. Okay. Okay, so then... Now, two minutes later... <laughs> Doug's sitting on his laptop. He's ready. He's waiting. Yeah. And uh, Doug sends back a note. I'll take a listen and let you know, Pat. Thank you for following up. All right. So May tw- that's May 21st. Mm-hmm. I say, exactly two minutes after Doug, thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. All right. Now... We don't hear anything for Doug from Doug for a while. So from May 21st, you're about six weeks later. Yeah. So July 7th, 2021, I respond with Doug. Good morning. I'm circling back about having Yola as a guest on our show. I am excited to chat with her and promote the stellar new album. Here's the most recent list of guests. And again, I send uh, JPEGs of all the most recent guests and I close it out with thanks, Pat. Then uh, I don't hear anything. And that's uh, so on July 19th, 12 days later, I send another email and I say, Doug, just checking in to see if there's any movement on Yola being a guest on the show. Okay. So now uh, that's uh, you send that on Monday, July 19th. Mm -hmm. And uh, Doug working a very late night. Yes. Or a very early morning the next morning. Right. Sits down on Tuesday, July 20th at 428 a.m. and replies. Thanks for the partic- uh, persistence, but uh, Yola's- Take it from the top, Mike. The, it's to cut. 
Thanks for the persistence, but Yola's schedule is completely slammed, so we'll need to pass here. Thanks, Doug. Now, uh, that would be enough for someone else. Certainly. Any normal human, Any normal human would being. take that as, right. uh, as a no. Uh, and he's in, he says that at f- yeah, 4 a.m. Yes, sir, 4.30. So, so around 10 a.m., when I see that, I respond. I say, Doug. I'm extremely disappointed, by, but I appreciate your quick responses, and I wish Yola all the success that is coming her way when this new album drops. What a talent. Because they sent it to me in advance, so that's how I heard it. Uh, if something opens up, please let me know, and I will fit her in the schedule immediately. Take care, Pat. Yes, sir. All right, so that's saying, hey, look, I know you did a pass. I'm still interested, and I'll fit her in anytime. So that was July 20th. So now... July 30th. No, no, no. Mm? August 30th. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, Mike. August 30th. You know, it's been what? A month? That's man's uh, six weeks again. I, I, uh, I reach out and I say, Doug, <laughs> like, this is like, I pretend like nothing's happened. He's passed twice. I literally been, with the words, we're going to pass. Here. This is, this is a George Costanza email. <laughs> uh, Doug, is Yola's schedule freeing up at this point? I noticed she is making the rounds on some other podcasts. Now, I did notice that. So why not my podcast? Sure. That's what I'm thinking. And you're checking, you're querying, and I don't blame you. Two and a half hours later, (laughs) Doug gets your note and sits down and says, thanks, Pat. It's a pass from us on a Yola appearance, (laughs) but thanks for following up. (laughs) Okay. So, um... Later in the day, about, well, not, not that, about 20 minutes later, I say, thanks, Doug. Happy Monday. All right. So now we go from August 30th to October 20th. Yes. So that's how many months? Two? It's almost two months. Um, just yeah, Almost about. two months. I have the audacity. <laughs> you step right up. You've been email, passed. To email Doug. Three strikes and you're out, Pat. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I say, Doug. I'm circling back on this because I just saw Yola was a guest on the RSD podcast. That's Record Store Day. All right. Uh, Has her schedule opened up? Thanks, Pat. Now, that's the Record Store Day podcast. It's hosted by Paul Myers, who's a a great guy. He's Mike Myers' brother. I don't know if that brings anything to the, you know, to the booking. I don't know. Because he does not lean on being Mike Myers' brother at all. Ever. Okay. So I just want to say that. But Record Store Day is also a nationwide thing. That seems big. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I got to be honest, I don't think that podcast is bigger than mine. Well, you sent that at 1249 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Yes. Two and a half days later, mm-hmm. Friday, October 22nd, 142 p.m., Doug Hall sits down. Ezra's birthday. And composes thus. Now, Hi, he's also cc <laughs> Julie Casey on this. All right, he's now CCing Julia, Julia Casey. Julia Casey, okay. Hi, Pat. <sighs> okay, so Yola potentially has some time available on Monday. Hmm. I know it's short notice, it's but not. I know you are a big fan, <laughs> and we can try and make it happen if you are game. Let us know ASAP best Doug. All right. So I don't know what he meant by ASAP, but if he meant six minutes later, <laughs> then he fucking got it. I say, I'm available. Let me know what time and I will send a Zoom invite. I'm already 
making a Zoom invite for this. You I'm all ready to go. Certainly. Now, I'll tell you this. I don't know what you meant by ASAP when you saw that he said ASAP. But uh, but six minutes after your response, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doug Hall sits down and says, FAB. In all caps with an exclamation point. We will be back ASAP on timing. Meanwhile... Here is a fresh link to album and credits and notes, etc. So glad we could make this work. <laughs> there are a few advisories regarding misreporting and what? irrelevant areas of conversation. Whatever. Yola would prefer not to cover. So please make sure you check them out ahead of time. Yeah, I did. I don't, I don't do anything they don't want me to do. Okay. And then, uh, is this the same day? Yes. Uh, this is also you, Mike. We get uh, a couple hours later, we get another email. This one's from Julie Case, Julia Casey. This what is from Julia say? Casey, uh, just about an hour and a half later. Hi, Pat. Can we do 30 minutes at 3.15 p.m. Central Time on Monday? If so, send along the Zoom link. And then I said one hour and one minute later, we'll do and thanks. And then we don't have to read anymore because... I sent the Zoom link, and there's a ton more after this back wow, and forth. there really is. Jesus. And it's all the same. It looks like the same days. Good Christ. Yeah, it's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But sent the Zoom link, and we recorded it at the day they requested it. And so, um, now, look, I don't expect everyone to do what I do, because quite frankly, I don't want you to have the success that I have. Of course. I want you to. I want you to. After two no's, I want you to say. You uh, people should give up. I want you to feel bad about yourself after yeah. two no's. You're pushing it at that point, yeah. and and your name's going to be mud in the industry if you keep pushing. That's not me. I'm going to tell you this. After reading this exchange, yeah, and the backs and the forths and the and the Dugs and the Julias. You can yell at me. And uh, oh no, of course not. Why would I do that? I'm just going to tell you that this uh, this never ending level of dogged persistence. I now realize how you were able to marry your wife, Pilar. <laughs> Well, if that isn't the joke that all my friends say, but, um, <laughs> because that, because look, we all know how out of your league she is and how dare everyone listening, and, everyone that's ever met me and my wife. Now that I know that you, you literally got our rheumatoid arthritis from being on your knee proposing once every six weeks, six minutes later, didn't do that. It worked out for you nicely. Propose one time. <laughs> um, so now, uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on what I did there? I mean, I got the job done. I got what I wanted. Well, I, I, I've told you many times before, I, I can't do what you do. I admire your persistence. It's dogged. It is necessary. And the, and I always tell you this, don't, I do share this with you every time. When you tell me you got some new guests or you tell, talk to me after the interview, I always say uh, they, they would not have accepted if they didn't see what you do and realize you're great at it. Well, thank you. I didn't want a compliment, but I certainly take but, but, it. I'll give it to you. And it's I won't truth. stop you from talking. <laughs> um, but, but it's the complete truth. I, what do I think? I think, you know what you did? You you did the thing, like you, you alluded to a second ago, don't do that. Oh my God, don't bother them. Oh, don't do this. Because that's how I feel. I, like, I never promote right. my show. I don't bother anybody. Uh, and and uh, I've had many great friends and successful people say, hey man, nobody knocks on your door and says, want to do a commercial? No. You know what I mean? You you have to be persistent. You have to pursue. You have to be someone who uh, gets out there and and chases what you want. And you do again. And also, you like you if you didn't deliver the goods when you got them, then it would be you were a you were a persistent burr in the saddle and a jag off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, we've I seen, try my best. We've seen the mediocre. Uh, s- score or something because they yeah, they always say half the battle is showing up in this yeah. business. Uh, well, you're never not going to show up and, and, and then you have the goods. That's the best part. Once I, you, 
you're able to, because that's the hardest thing for me, what you just did, marrying that, because look, I'm the fucking talent. I mean, clearly, I'm very good at what I do. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to bother anybody or tell anybody right. about it. I'm waiting for somebody to discover me yeah. and go, this guy's a genius, uh, instead of telling people I'm a genius or booking or roping people in. I mean, that's the work. What you yeah. did there, that's the work of all well, of this. I, when the thing, I wanted to read, I, want, I printed this out, I highlighted two copies and I gave it to Mike like we were reading a play. And I wanted to do this because I tell people all the time, hey, look, this is what I do. But I don't think that people believe yeah. the level of, uh, I'm not patting myself on the back. I mean, it's kind of a jag off. The guy said no three times. And, passed and, three times. And I just pretend like it's fine. I'm yeah. just like, hey man, circling back. But that's, also smartly. Oh, that's a key phrase, everyone. Circling, circling back. back. Circling back. I'll, I will give that one for free. <laughs> but also, you, you're smart enough to wait six weeks. Like if you're doing that every day, yeah, the, gotta, the fourth day he's going to go, hey man, I, how many times do I have to say no? Yeah. Uh, and, and now, and look what happened. Your persistence led to you getting a Grammy winner or a, a Grammy, Grammy nominee nominated artist on, on the show. show and someone who quite frankly, you love the album, you love the music, but considering what we're talking about today, isn't exactly something you talk about all the time, her style, her music. Right. So I can understand where he initially said, I don't think this is a right, a, a good fit. And that's why I sent him links to episodes that he might've missed, right. like my Joan Armitrading uh, episode, you know, I yeah. sent him links to and and Liz Fair, and I'm like, look, this is one. Yeah, and look, I'm not. I'm not just talking on, to Billy Duffy every right. time. And and again, he could drop in on any interview I did. I I wouldn't, you know, look if I thought an interview that was out there that I did was bad, it wouldn't be out there. I would pull it. Sure. So I don't care if he drops in on anything. Yeah. That's what he's gonna get. No, what that is right there, that's the work of it. Um, it's it's not a chore to talk to Yola. No, you know, that's the fun part. Fun. That's the best part is to get anybody in the room that, on the microphone and have a talk. That hour goes by uh, quicker than a meatloaf song. Yeah, and and the, but the hard thing for me certainly uh, is that that thing. The the hey hey tugging on your electronic shirt sleeve. Uh, uh, hey yeah, uh, notice me. Uh, I'm doing this. Uh, and again, hey, as, who wants to come here? As we read through it, there's a point in the chain where a normal person would say, I think it's done. Yeah. I don't think this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we've been told forever, like I, when I've been up for writing gigs or whatever the fuck, and, and you're always told, you know, don't, don't bother them. You know, oh my God, don't, don't be a, don't be a pest. And so whenever I would write a follow-up email, which would be three days later or yeah. something, I go, Hey, uh, you know, I absolutely hope I'm not being a pest. Just wanted to stay your, in your ear a little bit about this. Just know that I'm still interested. And I know you liked uh, my package and, and just wondering if a decision's been made or when right. it will be made. And I, and I go, you know, no rush, no problem. Everything's yeah. great. And meanwhile, I'm, you know, I'm eating cream of wheat, hoping to pay my phone bill. You know, yeah. this is 10 years ago. And you're, you're, you're but you have to pretend yeah. like it's the, your sunny. Hey man, I, cu- I couldn't care less if I get this anyway. <laughs> you guys making a decision anytime soon? Right. You know, that's the hard part. And we're always told not to pester or bother. But if and you so, don't, especially in a writing job, if you don't, then you're forgotten. You miss it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone and else. Same with this. You, you know, if you didn't keep checking on Yola, yeah. And then when the turn was made and she started to appear on podcasts, um, you would have missed it. You would have missed that window. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's and now and, that she's and nominated, disappointed. She's nominated for two Grammys. Who knows if you get her? Right. You know exactly, what I mean? Maybe exactly. she's doing bigger shows or, or different shows or whatever, but or I, no podcast. But also, I know that I did a good job. So the next time she has an album out, I will definitely contact. And hopefully I won't get this type of a runaround. True. And also Doug and Julia now know that you were a, uh, a persistent person who was also respectful and then wound up doing a, a solid for their right. artist. And, and it worked out for everybody. Your back was scratched yep. as was theirs. And if they get at other artists that they want to promote, they can contact you and they've, here we go. Now they've already been sending me 
artists that they'd like me to have on the show, and I just say I don't think that's a good fit. Now I'm gonna I'm, <laughs> now I'm gonna say this. Uh, bat two comes out in seventy seven for bat one. Yeah, ninety three for bat two. Yeah, and then two thousand six for bat three. Yeah, uh, we're due. <laughs> now, do Doug no. and Julia handle uh, Jim Steinman and, no, and Meatloaf, no, the because, estate of Jim because, Steinman? Because they got back together, and we'll play a little <laughs> bit right, of we'll that. Find out that. Right, okay, good. so this is track five, Out of the Frying Pan, parentheses, Wait, and into the... I have an experiment here, and I apologize to do this. Oh, boy. Because uh, you're going to have to find another song and, and try to play them. Find it on YouTube and do all Can you do What's all that? What's the song? The opening riff of this song... Is is a uh, is literally the opening riff to "Police on My Back" by the Clash. Well, I I I, I have all okay. the Clash. Music just if you there. play just the opening of both songs, you will hear the guitar riff, and it's uh, very reminiscent, in my opinion. Which one should I play for? Well, I got to play "Police well, on My Back" first because well, I have it here. Okay, then but do it, that. Is I it, would, it, but I would. Okay, hold on. Uh, but this is, yeah, out of the frying pan. Uh, Mike, you know I don't like to edit these episodes. I'm not any editing of this nonsense. And I, I, again, I never know what to write ahead and tell you to do, because I can't pick my shot here. Hey, it. do me a favor, juxtapose the it, clash. Look, even if you wrote and told me to do this ahead of time, you would still have something I would have to do in the moment. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Well, so, right, so you, you want in, me to play, you want me to play. I'll write you again in six minutes. Um, the opening riff of, of, uh, the guitar riff for the clash police, uh, on my back, the, the siren bit. And then the, so which should I play first? Just, I, I would play the opening of, uh, out of the frying pan real quick. I don't even know if I have it queued up to the opening, but, but you can find it easily. You have a well, machine have there with it. all of the history of okay, music. Okay. First of all, here's what I'm going to do. All right. I'm going to play it where I have it queued to fine. And then I'm going to uncue it and do what you want. I caused all sorts of issues. I'm not kidding you. Here we go. Out of the frying pan and into the fire. But isn't this what you pay me for? And the temperature's beginning to soar. And all around the city you see the walking wounded and the living dead. It's never been this hot and I've never been so bored and breathing. It's just no fun anymore. And then I saw you like a summer dream and you're the answer to every prayer that I ever said. I don't even know if I'm going to get to the chorus this time, but <laughs> he says I'm going to take you out of the frying pan and into the fire. That's the chorus. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's talk about the song first while I cue it up. Right. I love it. I, I must admit, after hearing it, I did I did like it last night when I listened to it again. All right. Because again, like I said, I bought this album when it came out, and it right. was, I was one of those things I just kind of tucked away. I was like, all right. You tucked it away in your memory, you uh, mean? Well, yeah, I didn't. It's not anything that wound up getting played a lot, okay. you know, except for the opening track. And then... Um, well, being a huge Meatloaf fan, this was like uh, this was like a golden yeah. ticket yes. when this came out. All right, so... Do you want me to play the intro to Out of the Frying Pan first or Police on My Back first? No, because now I'm doubting myself, but let's let's see if this works. Because it was it was very it was foggy, it was three okay. in the morning. But try play the opening for uh uh out of the frying pan and then play the opening. And then I'm gonna immediately jump to the next song. Okay. So I'm not gonna fade it down. I'm not right, gonna do any of that fine. bullshit. So get the guitar. Okay, first thing. I turn it up. Yes, sir. Turn it up, man. Turn it up, man. Is that freedom? Freedom rock, rock. it better be. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. Uh, 
in the same neighborhood. I mean, I could understand. One's a little higher. I could understand without playing them back to back where you you would say, oh, yeah. 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 But that was what jumped into my brain last night when I heard it. The second it kicked in, I was like, holy shit, that sounds like police are uh, police on my back. Yeah. All right. I, I understand how you get that. You done a clash one of these? Yes, I have. Would you have uh, on? Uh, Mike Siegel. Um, Frank Biernut and April Richardson. So nice. it was pretty, it was pretty. You're extensively covered. Yeah. yeah. I, I realized what we're going to do though, because you want to do one where you pick the songs. Eventually. And we promised people a Manilow one. Oh, well, yeah, we did mention that as a matter so of fact. So we got to, we got to do it. I've had, I will tell you this. I've had people ask me if, if uh, you and I would ever do a jellyfish episode, we'd ever do that. And I was like, I was like, no, because I gave Pat the CDs. He wanted I just need, no, I need to, I have the music in here. <laughs> I just need, we'd only cover those two albums. Uh, yeah, but there, there's a bunch of B sides. I feel I like we'd have you. to go track by track. Yeah. Uh, well, also, I mean, if you want it, we could bring in Imperial Dragon. They they all had other offshoot projects. And yeah, stuff. I don't want to get too much into that. I got it. But 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 I I told the guy I was like, look, I go, Pat. It wasn't for Pat. It was like when I tried when the rock. My friend tell that guy Sugar. I just don't think it's a good fit. Yeah, that's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that's what my pal does. So I'll, I'll write you back six minutes later, ASAP. <laughs> Let me tell you this. After all that back and forth, they contacted me on a Thursday and said. Hey, I know the Yola episode's coming out next week. Could you drop it tomorrow? Oh. Because the Grammys were... Announced. They were, no, they were... The voting was coming up. Oh, I see. Okay. So, and I just said, no, I got episodes drop on Thursday. I have, I've been promoting her as my 600th episode, and that'll be next Thursday. Wow. Look at you. Well, I mean, I can't... I Maybe mean, you I won't can't hear just, from Doug all of a sudden, again. I can't, I can't all of a sudden just change the schedule. Back not scratched. Uh, episode I, I, already recorded. <laughs> I had not done. I thought back had been scratched and scratching <laughs> was being re uh, recompensed. I guess not. How many words are in there? Count the words, Mike, when I say it. The next song is objects in the rear view mirror may appear closer than they are. 11? Objects in well, the Don't say it like you don't know. I was counting on you. closer than they appear. 12. Than they are. Than they are. Well, appear objects are. in the rear view mirror may appear closer than they are 12. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, this is 10 <laughs> minutes and 15 seconds. Yes. A lot of emotion in this. A lot of, uh, this is like a therapy session for Steinman. Yes. And this is great Steinman. This is, this is great. The, the other stuff, like I said, is like, you're like, oh, this is generic Steinman. This is him thinking, oh, this is my template. I got to do this. This, you can hear the difference immediately in this from it just won't quit. It, it's you. It's just this is this has magic in it. This has Steinman and meat magic. Yeah. So far, it's five for six uh, for me because the only one I don't like so far is Life Is a Lemon. But here we go. Objects in the rearview mirror. There was a beauty living on the edge of town. She always put the top up and the hammer down. Hammer down. Come on. She taught me everything I'll ever know. Out the mystery and the muscle of love. <laughs> would glimmer and the moon would glow. I'm in the backseat with my Julie like a Romeo. And the signs <laughs> along the highway all said caution. Kids at play. This song is shiny. It's got everything you want. We yeah. got our dreams reborn.
want to stop it, but I have no, to stop it. You hear the difference immediately. That from again the 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 generic it just won't quit slog dirge whatever yeah. his just the Steinman thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're just oh, that's just some Steinman shit. Yeah. This sparkles. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is. It's just, and also he, he, uh, there's the line, it's, you, we didn't hear it, but he also, he's, it was long ago and it was far away is yeah. in the lyric. So, um, <laughs> I, w- I want to give a shout out to f- uh, former guest and friend of the show, Kenny Aronoff, who lays it down on oh, the yeah. drums on this. Yeah. I mean, if Max Weinberg played on the original and you can't get Max for this, you, Kenny. Sure. Who's better? Yeah. He tears who's it up. Better than Max. Tears it up. I Ubered Kenny Aronoff once. Nice guy. Fantastic guy. He's too nice. Yeah. Dial it back, that. Kenny. Yeah. And uh, the best part was I was, uh, a song came on Sirius and he's like, I played on this. Like it was this thing. Of course. Right. And because we, and it had not been established who he was yet. Do you think him and Lukather ever uh, have played on the same thing? <laughs> they had to converge somewhere, <laughs> of right? Of course. What do they call it? Is a Venn diagram? Yeah, right in the center there. Right in the center is they, uh, there's probably a thousand songs in the center <laughs> that they've all played on. But Crazy. he, it hadn't been established yet that, that uh, who he was. He mentioned, because he mentioned it and he was like, and I go, and then it was like, I was like, uh, I know who you are. I said, just so you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, a, a I dick. know who you are because you are so recognizable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you saw the Hurts So Good video, you are never going to forget this person's face. Um, <laughs> um, and he looks exactly the same. He, he just, it's crazy. He's buffer. He's more buff. Now. But I'm talking about his head. Like, it just, yeah. it just, he's got the same but head. He's got, he's got, uh, he's got um, James Coco hair in the Hurts So Good. <laughs> now he shaves it all off. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, it was long ago. Do you know who James Coco is? Colucci's yeah. department store. <laughs> Colucci's. He had a show. He had a sitcom called Colucci's department store. Did and he really? This is. A, it was one of the shows. Like when I would stay overnight at my. Uh, I'm going to tell you about my my grandparents real quick. My dad's parents lived in East Freedom, and they only had two. Cha- they had a color TV, but they only had two channels. And this is Pennsylvania. Yes. Okay. And when you would stay overnight there, you were beholden to whatever they were watching. My mom's uh, mom, that would be my grandmother, Delosier, uh, she had a black and white TV, but they had like so many channels because they had UHF channels. Oh, so, sure. Like they had everything. So I would rather watch a million channels in black and white than two network channels that my grandparents are programming for me <laughs> on a Friday and Saturday night. So, um, but I loved staying overnight at their house equally. Like that was a big thing for us. Like, uh, can I stay overnight at you yeah, know, my oh, grandparents? Sure. So, um, I remember this from when I was little. I would have to look up when the show Colucci's Department was on. I don't even re- I know nothing about it. He, uh, and you know, I went to Catholic school at that point. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he goes into confession and he goes, bless me, Father, I have sinned. This is Joe Colucci. <laughs> Which, <laughs> so funny to me at the time. I just, I, I still remember that line just being so funny. Yeah. So anyway, there, there you, you go. go. Old man talk. Sure. All right, so I think the next track on the album is a spoken word thing. It is, and 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 it's long, so we're not going to hear all two minutes and forty two seconds. Of but this. but Steinman just couldn't stay away. He couldn't stay away. Could not stay away from a microphone. He's like, nah, you know what? And I got a piece. I'm going to go ahead and put in here. It's actually the same spoken word part that he does on Bad for Good. Yes, he just redid it, and and but not for the better. No. Here it is. A little bit of wasted. Again, try hard. It's a try hard. You can hear he's trying to match the energy and stuff of this album. By the way, try hard is a Christmas movie. (laughs) Oh, come on. Get on with it. I remember everything. (laughs) I remember every every little little thing thing as if it happened only yesterday. yesterday. 
I was barely 17, and I once killed a boy with a Fender guitar. I don't remember if it was a Telecaster or a Stratocaster, but I do remember that it had a heart of chrome and a voice like a horny angel. All right. Do you think Jim Steinman ever got to fuck a car? Because clearly he wanted to. Yeah. Clearly he yep. wanted to. Yep. So that's Wasted Youth, and that leads in, this kind of a prelude into yeah. the song, um, Everything Louder Than Everything Else. Yeah. And that's I, what I say about you. <laughs> really? No, actually, that's I'll actually, accept that. It's actually Bill Dwyer. <laughs> oh, my Christ. If you listen, literally anytime you put a shell to your ear, mm-hmm. you can hear a fish in the ocean complaining about how loud Bill Dwyer is. <laughs> What's Bill Dwyer's comedy <laughs> album called? <laughs> Uh, I don't even know. I would like to have. I, just listen to I it. would. I think it's called louder. I think it's it called, called louder. louder. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have Bill on the show. What would we? What would the topic be? And do I go that alone, or do you well, have to come in? Music. He he has okay. a lot of music. I'm going to ask him to come on. It would be a thing because he introduced me to a band called Visqueen, and and I listen to the album all the goddamn time. It's all awesome, right. and it's a it's a woman lead singer, and they're just and it's very. It's almost a Veruca Salt feel to okay. it. It's just, it's rocking, but there's that you're killing yourself. I mean, it's really good. All right. All right. Well, and he's I'll... personal friends. He's sing, he's friends with the singer. And he, I just saw him. He's a friend once. of mine. Uh, let's not push it. <laughs> let's not push it. You can get Bob uh, Bill's dry bar comedy special over there at drybarcomedy.com. Yeah, go support our friend Bill. He's really funny. So great. He's so funny, but he's so loud. So the loudest. And he doesn't, when we play poker on Sunday nights, we're all in a zoom room. And then, uh, so we can all see each other while we're playing on the poker app. And Bill doesn't pay attention to what anyone else is saying or nope. talking about. There could be a conversation going on, and three people are talking. And Let me do an impression. People- I'm going to do an impression of Bill Dwyer. You talk with talk about movies. Whatever you're going to talk about here. Uh, hey Gilly, I finally watched the morning show this week. Oh and I, and, man, the twos bring it home. Twos. I didn't think the twos are going to hold up. Bill, we're. I was I was telling Paul about the morning show. All right, you motherfuckers. I'm just talking about poker, but the twos. Did you see the twos? Come on. <laughs> That's Bill Dwyer. All right. So anyway, Paul, I started watching it and I Oh, uh, I had a full house. Good, I'm good. Tapped, still trying to get this in. And good then, race, and now, Seeks. And then everyone else would be like, Phil, fuck fucking Bill. Shut up. What are good you race, Seeks. <laughs> he doesn't even listen. Everything louder than everything else. Dedicated nice to bet, Pat Dwyer. There's a party raging somewhere. I can tell you from the look I'm getting across the table that Schmidt does not enjoy this one. And I have to tell you, I am I am now six for eight because Wasted Youth isn't a song. No, sir. So I skipped that and I skipped Life as a Lemon, but I, I, I'm on board with six of the eight. What do you think of everything louder than I think you're everything being, else? You're being presumptuous. Uh, I, I will it looked like this. you didn't like it. No, no. I say it's not filler. Okay. Like, okay. Not generic Steinman. But it's not my favorite. But right. it's still better than the generic filler stuff. It's it gets right. it's a it's a it's a B minus. 
Maybe right, a C plus. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what? That's still passing. Yeah, big difference. Not on. Not if you see it on your report card. You'd rather see a B minus than a C plus. Well, I I felt again, like I said, it's a middle of the pack type of song. You know what I mean? It's not. But I wouldn't call it album filler. But I yeah. would. You know, for them, probably probably the fifth best song on this album, in in my opinion. All right. Uh, but it, here's where it really lost me, and uh, because they can get too cute by half. All right. And uh, this couplet was nothing I cared for. And I heard it and I had to rewind it a couple of times just to make sure I'd heard it properly. What was it? If you want my views of history, there's something you should know. The three men I admire most are Larry Curly Moe. <laughs> I think it's Curly Larry and Mill. No, it's Larry Curly Moe. I don't like that. Agreed. That's even the sequence is wrong. The but, sequence is very wrong. But just that phrasing, just that line is the dumbest fucking thing Steinman ever wrote. And he wrote that howling wolf guitar <laughs> bullshit we just heard because that's a mess. Oh if you God. want my views of history, there's something you should know. The three men I admire most are Larry Curly Moe. So fucking bad. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, moving on. So that that takes everything louder to a C plus. Okay, B minus. C plus from a B minus. B minus. <laughs> All right. The next song is uh, seven minutes twenty one seconds. Believe it or not, I have two songs in my iTunes library that both have this exact same title written the exact same way. Good girls go to heaven, and then in parentheses, bad girls go everywhere. It's a cute title. This one is from nineteen ninety three. The other one that I'll play after it is from 1986. Okay. So they did it first. Yes. Okay, so here's Meatloaf's Good Girls Go to Heaven, Bad Girls Go Everywhere. The wind is howling through the window pane. It's not the only pain of the night. You're burning up in your bed. You got a fever of love and there's not anybody inside. Say? I'm going to say that that's holding out for a hero. Oh, it kind of is, right? It's literally it's the same song, like the, the piano part certainly, and the and the it, it's the vocal not the phrasing and stuff on the yeah. vocals different, but the it is holding out for a hero, which for hero. Steinman wrote, yes, and produced, yes. I believe. Yes, um, sir. That's a skip for me. I don't like that song. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's generic. That's a skip. It's another so, one. I so I'm six for nine right now, which is still good. Uh, and Jimi Hendrix would love it. <laughs> Why? If six was nine, you yeah, come on. Oh, I'm so I'm so. Uh, <laughs> it's late, Mike. We've been hanging out for it twelve hours now. It's not late at all. It's five till nine. It's not late at all for us. We've recorded like at one in the morning. You know, I have to give a respect to Jim Steinman because he writes songs with uh, that have summer running times. Uh, because you know that, the, that that song was comes in at July twenty first. Some of them <laughs> comes in at at, at yeah. July, you know August fourteenth. Well, this this next version is by Cheap Trick from the album The Doctor. It comes in at March 22nd. Oh, they got smart. They wised up. And uh, 
Mm, I don't know if you're going to like this. Oh, okay. Mm, All right, I'm looking forward to it. Mm, here we go. Here's what I'm going to say. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, if, I, if I'm if i going to listen to Cheap Trick... It ain't that. I want to hear Cheap Trick. Right. That didn't sound anything no, like Cheap that's Trick. That's their album from 86 where they and if switched they, it up a bit. If Cheap Trick wrote a song that said called Good Girls Go to Heaven, Bad Girls Go Everywhere, it would rip. They, I, well, they, they would make that. it great. That's what... That's Steinman's version. No, no, no. That's that cheap trick wrote that. They wrote "Good Girls Go to Heaven and Bad Girls Go Everywhere." Yeah, yeah. It's not the same song. It just has the same title. So wait. So they wrote their one meatloaf recorded. No. So who was that? Who wrote the song we just heard? <laughs> Rick Nielsen. Oh, all right. Because I, I was like, it didn't sound anything like. I was like, what the yeah. fuck did they do this? And I thought the lyrics were even different too. Yeah, it's a different song. <laughs> it's a completely different song. It has you the same title. You bamboozled me. No, I, I stepped, said I have two songs that have the same title, I, but they're I different songs. I stepped in a cheap trick-shaped bear trap there. Yeah, you wind up uh, catching me unawares. All right. The Regardless, that still is not something no. I would want to hear from Pass. Cheap Trick. That doesn't sound... I want to hear Cheap Trick bang it, you know, be you know, catchy and, and yeah. po power pop. That's not... That was... Yeah. All, All right. right. The next song on Bat 2 is back into hell and it's an instrumental. Yes. So here's just a little bit of it. Okay. And then um, <laughs> it's just an instrumental and it's an immediate, it, it's a skip for me. Can I skip you, it. I think Janet Lee just died in a shower somewhere. I, I think Let that just happened. Hold on. Yeah. That's, that's the water going down the drain. That certainly. was my effect. I did that with a mixing board. You saw me do I it. Rick Rubin good. doesn't do shit. You, you get, see what I did? Make sure, you know what, when you release this, put, make sure you put uh, bat, you know, the bat festival over and just put, uh, uh, effects by Pat Francis. Absolutely. Make sure that goes on the title card. Okay, so 10 tracks <laughs> so far. I'm all in on six of the 10. Yes. And again, instrumental, I don't care. Wasted Youth, mm. uh, Good Girls, eh. Yeah. I don't like it. And then uh, Lemon, boo. So we close it out with a song from Steinman's Bad for Good. Yes. This is Lost Boys and Golden Girls. Here's how we close it out. Uh, this is an April 29th. Okay. Time. And are you going to give us uh, both, a bit of both or no? It's okay if you don't. I, I just didn't know if you were. Um, I will. Here's Meatloaf first, though. All right. Lost boys and golden girls Down on the corner and all around the world Lost They've got one thing in common, it's true. They'll never let a 
right. I'm going to play Steinman's version, and then we'll discuss. Mm-hmm. We will discuss it. Mm-hmm. Girls down on the corner and all around the world. Lost One thing in common, it's true. All right, so what do you think of the song? I, I love the song. Uh, I love both versions. Yeah, they're both great. They're, they're both solid. Because again, I had, uh, I've known the, the 81 version forever, and then they redid it, and and he, he meatloafed it, but he didn't assassinate it. Right. You know what I mean? I get you. He was still true. That's why I thought it was important that you play both yeah. there. And it also goes to a point I, I want to bring up. Um, I, I'm. We learning. don't bring up points on this. This show. is a point, sir. Okay. Sit there and be and be learned. Point taken. <laughs> I did like I didn't know coming in here. I, I you know, you know as I you knew me. Before, I know you certainly, but I don't know a lot Are of. Are you insulting my family? Uh, no, I, I enjoy your family quite a bit. I, I I'm hoping for your sake they come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that sounds saying, like a jinx. They're, they're lovely people. I just want I to make want, sure no, that they arrive. What if something? I don't want anything to happen to them. I hate when I'm not <laughs> well, traveling no, with them. No, no, this would be a choice they would make. It's not. It's not oh, like it's anything bad would happen. Okay, it's they a would choice. just go away and go. Oh, well, if it's a choice, they're not coming. Boy, it's a lot quieter around here. That's what they'd yeah. say. And uh, it's too quiet. It's just me and the cat. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay. Uh, you have six minutes before the file ends. Uh, go. Oh Christ! Well, so the the. Uh, Hearing the eighty-one version, you know, back to back. No, now Meatloaf again did not assassinate that mm-hmm. version. He didn't. He didn't because he has a tendency to grab something by the lapels and just pummel the shit out right. of it, which he does. And they wanted to do that way. And so Steinman will write to that, but I don't think they did that here. And I think both versions are fucking beautiful. But I loved. I did not know coming in here that Roy Bitten was so prominent. Yeah, in he's music. an important piece of the puzzle. And I did not know that Max Weinberg had been involved in these things. And my observation was that, especially last night, because I was hearing these, and I listened mm-hmm. to them back, the 81 again. Yeah, you can back hear the back. Bruce in these. A lot of Steinman, a lot of it sounds like Springsteen worship almost. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's, it's, it all sounds a lot like uh, the break in Jungle Land. Like yeah. a lot of that Beneath stuff really sounds, oh my Christ, right? And it, and it's just, uh, they, and they both, Go, hey, ho! they both wrote about cars and right. they both wrote, wrote, write about uh, unrequited teen Bruce, love and something. Bruce like that. drives a car. Steinman fucks it. Yeah, exactly. But also, the the difference is because it's, it's it's the difference in them as songwriters and as artists is Bruce grew up and Steinman stayed seventeen. Yeah, he in his sensibilities in his songwriting sensibilities he stayed seventeen forever. I mean, once, you know, when, when Bourne comes out and then you hear Jungle Land, you hear Meeting Across the River and you're like, oh my God. And then even in 87, when Brilliant Disguise comes out, you're like, oh gee, he's grown up. Yeah, he's he's becoming, up. yeah, it's not, it's not all about, you know, uh, racing in the street or cars or girls mm-hmm. or any of that. It's, you're, you're not with, uh, out at, with, uh, Crazy Janie and the Mission Man, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, those two. <laughs> Just, Fucking A, uh, did I have Janie, some time? Janie's got her fingers in the cake. Oh. But but what I'm but I'm but Steinman stayed with them. Steinman will write you about about Crazy Janie and the Mission Man yeah. for 25 years, mm-hmm. but he still will also write it from the viewpoint of the 17 year old watching them. They never got older. They never grew up. Is that easy to do or difficult to do? 
it's a choice he's made because he that's what he loves. And, and if you write from what you love and what you know, then I don't think that's ever a mistake. Because here's like, you know, like a band like Aerosmith, everyone's always like, oh man, I wish they could do one more album like Rocks or Toys in the Attic. But they can't. No. Because they don't think like that or they don't hear the Your life like has that changed. anymore. We, we yes, talk about this all rich. the time. Yeah. But Steinman was rich too, but he was still able to channel that now. but it also can be said that there was that was steinman's magic trick right. bruce had maybe a, a lot bruce was like the prestige he kept building and building yeah, his act to, yeah i would uh what but, I would do i had many tricks but steinman had one amazing magic trick that he could do over and over and he found his muse he found his houdini who could take his tricks mm. and perform them for you in a way me, that nobody else could. Mike, can I tell you about my, my, my best magic trick? Please do. Let's hear it. I had a hat once. Okay. And I put it on top of a snowman. A snowman? Yeah. All right. And it came to life. He said, happy birthday. What, the snowman did? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That's a, that's a weird... Now, you say it's your trick. Like, what, did the hat do the work or did you make it happen? Here's my trick. All right. Well, then, good for you. Uh, 11 songs in this album. There's an instrumental. Let's get rid of that. That's not a song. There's a monologue. Let's get rid of that. Not a song. So we're, we've whittled it down to nine. And of those nine songs, I like one, two, three, four, five, six. I like seven of the nine. So that's pretty, uh, for me, that's pretty good. What that's about good. you? Uh, I'm I'm going to say that I liked uh, I liked. Four of the nine. Four of the nine. <laughs> All right. That I that I really like. All right. The others I can tolerate, but I I would say four, maybe five. All right. Of the nine. This song. This uh. Sh this episode is going to have two playout songs. But let me tell you this. Oh, really you can't tell me. You can't tell me. You have to wait because I have to change the recording file, or it's going to run out right in the middle of mid sentence. So I could have said it while you're doing that. Go ahead. Uh, uh, when you only like four songs by Jim Steinman, you've really liked eight. That's okay. That's true. Now, why would you, why would you hold that till later? Just spit it out. All right. So even though who, as much as you love the Steinman album, bad for good, it does have this song on, which is our play out. <laughs> and this is a, this is a song called dance in my pants. I knew it. I knew it. And then we'll come back with bat three. So hang tight people. We're coming back. All right, that was Dance in My Pants, classic. Oh, Carla man. DeVito gets to uh, lay down the female vocal on that. Sadly. Love a Carla DeVito, big fan. Yeah. Married to Robbie Benson. White tank top, I'll never forget it. Mm, I know why. Tight little spandex Easy, action. Easy, calm it down. Mm. All right, so after, I'm just going to digress. I'm going to digress. My wife left town. I don't know if you've heard, so I, I just was <laughs> thinking about a tank top. I'm going to digress a little bit. Um, Two years after 
Bat Out of Hell 2. Meatloaf releases another album on MCA, because why wouldn't why wouldn't he? Of course. They, he's just killed it with them. Um, it's called Welcome to the Neighborhood. Uh, they wanted to call it Bat Out of Hell 3. Really? And he said, no, no, no. Because it's not, it, it only has two Jim Steinman songs on it. Yeah, th- then it's not Bat, you can't. Then it's not. <clears throat> uh, he finally covers Left in the Dark. Okay. And uh, and he does a song called Original Sin, which is, it's just fine. Now, let so, me ask you this. Yeah. The, uh, are he and Steinman on, on solid terms at this point? Um, I think so. I mean, they just came off a 14 million, you know, album success. I right. think they are. But that's what I'm wondering is then yeah. two years later, is there a power struggle of some sort? Is something going on? I don't think so. Uh, they bring Diane Warren in and she pens uh, three songs by herself. Uh, now, this title is very reminiscent of I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. And it's the first single, I believe, and it's I'd Lie for You, and That's the Truth. Have you ever heard this song? I don't know. I'll play a little bit of it I for don't you. know. Well, I will play a little bit of it for you. Are you ready? I am. I don't have these queued up, because I didn't know we were going to do other meat songs tonight. The one who'd always be around Immediate opinions on that, Mike. What do you think? Well, uh, I'll echo a lot of this when I listen to Bat Three. Uh, it, it's not for me. It, it, it's it, it always when he's when he hits it, he mm-hmm. hits it, and if he doesn't hit it, he sounds like he's chasing it. And when he sounds like he's chasing it, I'm just kind of like I'm not interested. Are you saying the voice is chasing it or the song the is song, chasing? It, his you voice know, like was, a Diane Warren song. Uh, no, because there's actually if there, there's a Diane Warren song uh, on on Bat Three. That we'll touch on. All that right. I was like, whoa. Um, no, I, I don't mind a Diane Warren. She right. does. But that one, it was just like, yeah, who's the who's the woman who was duetting that? That's Patty Russo, who was his touring vocalist, and she is fantastic. Really? All right. I'm going to play all the Diane Warren songs just for fun. A little oh. clip of each. Yeah, go Did ahead. Did you say no? I said what? Oh, I thought you said no. No. <laughs> no, sir. Okay. Yeah, this, I'm, am I calling the shots now? Hey, this, I don't know. I'll tell you what. I got a, a few changes I want to make then. Nope. Uh, I'll turn this table back around. No, don't do it. I like this. You're uncomfortable. Uh, This is not a dry eye in the house. Let's see if that's true. Not a dry eye in the house. Mm. You don't like it already? No, sir. Standing there, midnight wind blowing through your hair. Remember, kisses sweet in the. Mike, 
First thoughts. Well, what'd you say the, the name of that was? <laughs> Not a dry eye in the house. You know what I think the title of that song should be? What? Pull. Not for me, sir. All right. Let's see if we can get you back with the other Diane Warren song called If This Is The Last Kiss. Now, before we do this. What? What do you like about that song? I don't know why I like it, but I like it. It just, it's so sappy. And and I I know I'm not against, look, I'm probably going to get a text from Alexi Lawless yelling at me (laughs) for liking it. I don't know. I just, again, for me, just schmaltz for schmaltz sake is just, is just a waste. I'm not going to say it's not schmaltz. There's real, real stuff in bat one, like real emotion. Like I said, you sit there and you're like, oh my Christ. Well, these songs weren't written by. It's like a cartoon where your heart leaps out of your mouth, packs suitcases and leaves. Like you can, that's, you feel that in Bad Out of Hell. And in this one, it's just, it's like hands come out of your eardrums and cover your ears. It's just, it's, I'm going to, with my cartoon analogies, I can't stop folks. Uh, That is not for me right there. I I like that song. Okay. Here's the last. All right, this is, if this is the last kiss, parentheses, let's make it last all night. All right, is she doing this because she wants, she's trying to be Steinman with the titles and be cute? I I think she was. Does she respect him as a songwriter or is she parodying him? Is she making fun of him? I'll ask her. Call her up. Because her. she's a she's a monolith. She's a she can't be touched. She's a monster. A monster yes, right. but but then why are you you aping Steinman in such a winky fuck you way? Let's think, see what you think of this. If this is the last kiss, yeah, let's make it last all night. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like country music now. Not joking. So you like it? No matter, no matter how I try. Please grant this one request. Leave my heart with some happiness. If this is the last piece, let's make it last. I don't know if that was a dismissive shrug or if that was just uh, no. It's got the chorus accepting defeat. No, no, it's got the chorus. The All chorus right. is there. It's it's that's a great chorus. Okay, uh, but I'm telling you that that song right there. If you got if you added a, a mention of a of a, a truck truck, you could have that could be a Sam Mendez song. That could be a, a Luke Bryan. So one of them could record that, and it would be on modern rock or country radio, which is now just like I said, it's Journey with chewing tobacco in its mouth. <laughs> that's what it, it's Journey with a dip in. That's what country music is these days. But I bet an Eric Church right. could sing the fuck out All of that right. song. All right, I get it. But yeah, for me, they're just you know. But that one was better than the other two. All right. Because it, you know why? Because it had a, a beat to it. It had a song. It was a thing. The other two were just treacly garbage. It was like, you know, that's just straight up <laughs> MacArthur Park. Somebody left a cake in the rain and I'm watching frosting run down the gutter. But this one had a had, was a All song. Right. All right. So now here's what I'm gonna tell you. Uh in two thousand three. Yes, sir. He releases an album called Couldn't Have Said It Better. What are you doing in two thousand three, Pat? Boy, two thousand three. I got a three-year-old. Um, Pilar's probably 
maybe pregnant with Rita. Let me see the timeline here. This came out in September. Rita was born the following October. Not pregnant with Rita yet. I don't know. Probably uh, trying to make Rita. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what job I was working. I don't know. I mean, that's that's 18 years ago. Jesus, I don't know. Probably doing some story producing bullshit that I hated. Yeah. You know? Okay, so I contend that this is his best non-bat album. Okay. it's a re- I think it's a really good album, and I saw him on this tour at the Universal Amphitheater. Cindy Lauper opened for him. It was a great show. Oh, man, Cindy Lauper's awesome. I know. So, What's uh, his album called? Couldn't have said it better. All right. Uh, songs, for the most part, uh, there's a bunch of songs written by James Michael and Nikki Six. What the hell? Yeah, including the title track, which is... Couldn't have said it better. So here's a little bit of this. <laughs> Where is it? I have my fingers crossed. And you said nothing at all. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. Tonight the conversation takes the fall. Just love me like you love nobody. Nothing. I'm listening. All right. Little lady, I think there's something on your mind. I've known you long enough to know the words are not that hard to find. Did it get you? That that was pretty good. Not bad. When it kicked in is when I really liked it. In the opening, I w- I'm because sh- then I was still trying to wrap my head around the fact that Nikki Six wrote this goddamn song, and especially with the ding 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 ding, you know what I mean? The piano right. staccato piano, and uh, yeah, I like that. That was good. All right, the I, next I could one. See that? What I really thought you were going to do, uh, and I was, I was so disappointed. I thought you were going to. All right, this was written by Nikki Six, and here it, and it was going to be that live Vince Neil yeah. club. <laughs> I was sure it was going to be that live Vince Neil club. You have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting set up. Zap that diddly moodly dancing All right. This one was just written by James Michael alone. This is called uh, Did I Say That? Now I would say so this yeah. is what it feels like to be the one left behind. To give it all you got and fight. He's relying You've on. already changed your mind. And this is what it sounds like Crying on the bed that we both made Waiting for a sign that you just can't give me Any kind of sign And I don't want to be here wide awake Clinging to a love that can't be saved And hanging off the edge of every word that you say And so I do I love you so much that I'm willing to let you go? And at 
the tip of my tongue The answer was yes But at the bottom of my heart I'm wondering Did I say that? No, no, Did I say that? Oh, I thought it was a perfect couplet With the tip of my tongue was yes And the bottom of my heart says no I thought for sure he was going to go that route Yeah It would have rhymed Would have been perfect Changed it up a little bit uh, I, I, again, I like that I think uh, when he sings on that song and mm-hmm. in the previous song, he's in very good voice. Yeah. But he's really leaning on that modulating thing a lot in these later tracks. Okay, they, Todd uh, Rundgren was on board as vocal arranger for this album. Okay. So I think Todd does the best that he can with whatever meat comes into the studio. Yeah, but when when Meat sings like on that Nikki Six thing when it kicked in and he's like and yeah. he's really bellowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in those in the lighter quieter moments when he's like yeah. you know what I mean? He sounds like he's shivering in a cooler <laughs> and you're like eh, you're pushing it there, dude. Uh <laughs> maybe he's in there with cold Ethel. <laughs> he might be. Oh. Well, Ethel's uh, dead uh, from what I heard. One thing I miss. Cold Ethel and a skeleton kiss. All right, here we come. We are up to 2006. Walk down the street. <laughs> 2006, produced by Desmond Child, mm-hmm. who's a hit maker. He is. Uh, this, is he still a hit maker in 2006? Mike, look. Once a hit maker, always a hit maker. <laughs> really? Okay, I didn't yeah. know. It was an honorary oh, yeah, title. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honorary title. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it says songs, it says, like, some songs by... Let me ask you this. Are you knighted by Aretha Franklin because she is the queen of soul? <laughs> Do you have to be knighted as a hitmaker when to so. keep it? I All think right. so. So you become like Sir Desmond Child. You are knighted as a hitmaker by, by Queen Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Her piano full of Cheetos and then she takes a yeah. sword and hits you on the shoulders. All right, good. I forget what it says on the front of the cover. It doesn't say songs by Jim Steinman because he only wrote one... You see, one, two, three... Four, five, six, seven, which would be fine yes. in seventy-seven, but now we got to have fourteen tracks. So, well, so it says, uh, fe- I think it says featuring songs. We don't have to. Have we don't have tracks. No. So no. it says featuring songs yes. by Jim Stein. Now this is from two thousand six, and this is "Bad Out of Hell 3. Now I want to tell the listener, um, the monster is loose, and his name is Michael Schmidt. True, and I'm rampaging, ready to tell you this. Uh, had never heard a note of this album. <laughs> Until when? Last night. All right. Listen to this last night for the first time. Top I've to never, bottom, didn't skip around, didn't fast forward. I listened to the entire damn thing. 77 minutes, 28 seconds. Didn't get to bed until 4 a.m. because I forgot what these two, <laughs> what these albums were going to be like. And they're each like 80 minutes long. And I'm yeah. like, God damn it. I didn't even start playing until like 1.30. Uh, and I didn't get to bed until 4. All After right. listening to Bat 2. Which I owned and knew, yeah. but wanted to refresh myself and then went back and listened to some Steinman. But also Bat 3, I had never heard a note until last night. Now, this this doesn't even kick off with a Steinman song. It kicks off with the title track, The Monster is Loose, written by John Five, the hitmaker Desmond Child, and Nikki Six. Yes. I was very shocked to see those names. <laughs> right, right. Because again, I have not heard anything. I don't know any of this. I came in clean, folks. I'm shocked every time I see John Five's name because he calls himself John Five. <laughs> he does indeed. Is he the fifth in a line of Johns? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. Be. Could be. I don't know. I might like the other four Johns better. Is it a royal title like Jackson Five? Like he's John Five? Like that sort of thing? John Five is like a guy. Like I know who he is. Yes. I know you show me a picture. Oh, that's John Five. Yeah, I don't. And I know he plays guitar. He does. But but in what 
I mean, is he rich? Does he make a living playing guitar? I, I mean, think he I makes a ton of money. I think he's a hired gun. He's and, a hired and gun. And he winds up, and, but, he, but also because he was Mar- with Marilyn Manson, ah, okay. people know the name. Yeah. So then he's able to do a John 5 project and guest on a project as John 5. Gotcha. So he's, he's carved out a name for himself as a guitarist. He's no Buckethead, but, uh, yeah. but he's a guy that, uh, that everyone will know. Yeah. And also I think he has a, quite a social media footprint. Okay. There you go. But also, uh, I think he, uh, he he's also a, a questionable fella, if, if we right. can go that route. Okay. No, I get it. Uh, Todd <laughs> Rundgren doing backing vocals on this album, as is James Michael. Uh, Kenny Aronoff is uh, doing drums and percussion. Uh, Patty Russo is uh, in the mix with some vocal, female vocals. Chasm Salton on bass guitar. Guests, Eric Bazilian, former guest, friend of the show. Jennifer Hudson, Brian May, Marion Raven, John Shanks, Steve Vai. So lots of people. Steve Vai is a genius. Steve Vai, and I'll let you know when he's going to play. All right. Okay, so this is The Monster is Loose, and his name. I've been living my life in a cage, freedom spits in my face. It was such a disgrace that I was lonely. Burned out an MJ, desperate. I had my head in the noose. I had nothing to lose. Had enough of abuse. I'm now I'm dangerous. Hate so contagious. Get on us. I'm angry. I'm raging. Seven minutes and twelve seconds. It's a July twelfth. I, I just don't. Uh, I just don't know how I feel about this song. I mean, I don't love it. It's a, it's heavier than we what we've heard from Meatloaf in the past. It's kind of yes. heavy. It kind of sounds a little bit like it's industrial a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. I just don't know. I mean, he sounds fine on it. I still don't know if I like the song as a song. Too modern for me. Too modern. For 2006, too yes, modern. Yeah. For it, he's trying to sing to the times. Yeah. And as we learned in 1993, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to do that. Do what you do. To stay in your you. lane. Stay yeah. in your lane. And there's nothing wrong with trying something different. For one song and not the lead off track. Yeah. Kicking the album off with this makes you now expect the next 13 songs to be, uh, you know, Trent Reznor light or, right. or whatever you're trying to a- 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 accomplish here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and it did sound like it's written by John five and, and Nikki six. Cause I'll tell you that last one you just told me was written by Nikki six, not even in the same fucking neighborhood as this one. Right. Uh, this, I would have, if you told me Nikki six wrote this, I'd be like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. The other one. No, but it's, it's the only songwriting credit Nikki has on this album. Is this, uh, well, they thought enough of it to name the album after it and, and lead the album off with it. So the next, but for me too modern, I, I just found it, uh, again, a try hard. Uh, Hey, what are the kids doing today? Let's do some of that. <laughs> Like the next song is called Blind as a Bat. And this could have easily been Bat Out of Hell 3, Blind as a Bat. Yes. Easily. Uh, this is written by uh, Desmond Child and James Michael. So let's hear a little bit of Blind as a Bat. So uh, thumbs up or some thumbs down for that first one for both of us. Yeah, I, I guess thumbs down. I, I, it doesn't, it, I found it inert. I, I, yes, he's trying too hard on it yeah. for me. So I would skip it. Ease up. Ease up, meat. I'm not afraid to shed all my skin I'm not afraid of the fault you see 
That song is uh, the 51st day of May. Oh, all right. Yeah, Interesting. long month uh, when, it's, <laughs> when it's hot, so long. Had that little cashmere flourish yeah, there right yeah. at the uh, when you turned it down. Mm-hmm. That da 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 da. Um, I like Blind as a Bat. I do like that song. I definitely like it better than I don't like Monsters Loose, but I do like Blind as a Bat. And I wonder because I agree with you. I do like that song. I think he sounds amazing vocally in that song. Yeah, he sounds really good. And I wonder though if that's me. Uh, we're f- thrilled that it wasn't Monster on the Loose anymore. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. It's just like, because what he's trying to do in the Monster is, is Loose is that, you know, I hit a bird, a bird, a girl. That, that aggressive, not him. Yeah. And in this one, this is a flowing song where you hear him singing and he sounds like Meatloaf. You know what I mean? And there's, I'm going to, that'll be brought up a couple times here, I think. But I mean, they, he sounds really great vocally on that song. And I just think that song was much more suited to him than The Monster is Loose. And I could see, like you said, if you would have called The Bat Out of Hell Blind as a Bat and kicked it off with that song, yeah, then then we're talking here. We're, we've got a, a whole different attitude. All right, we're moving on. Now, this is the first appearance from a Jim Steinman song on the album. It's a duet with Marion Raven, who at the time was 22. And I think, I'm pretty sure he fires Patty Russo and takes Marion Raven on, on the tour. Yeah. And... um. It's it, it, when they sing these duets together, it was cringy because he's he's a thousand years old. He's a thousand yeah. years old, and he's singing with this real thin kid, twenty two years old. So when they do, you know, Paradise, it was just it was like ugh, gross because Patty Russo is like clo- way closer to his age, yeah, and just she's tough and ballsy. Bad out of hell is eight years older than the woman he takes out on the, yeah. on the road. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, that, that says so, it all. This is a duet. Uh, it's, it's all coming back to me now. I did. Um, who did that? Did, uh, I th- did Celine Dion do this? Someone else did this song. I do big, not know. C- Celine Dion did it and had a hit with it. All right. Okay. So this is meatloaf and Marion Raven putting their stamp on this Jim Steinman song for track three. Touch me like and you hold me like that. Hold me like that. I just have to admit that it's all coming back to me when I touch you like this. Touch you like that. And I hold you like that. Hold you like that. It's so hard to believe, but it's all coming back to me. What do you think? I like that song, but I just, um, I don't know if I like her. I mean, she can sing. It's just weird to me. Well, I, it's, it's a really sweet duet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sound great yeah. together. Uh, it's just, it's, <laughs> that song could be in any Disney movie as the showstopper. Yeah. And here's Celine Dion from, uh, from the iTunes store. Every memory you and I had ever made 
This this breakdown is so Disney. It, it totally is. I just have to admit that it's all coming back to me when I touch you like this. It's funny because when they did the uh, when they did the Hunchback of Notre Dame Disney animated movie, I had read that Steinman was going to write the music for that and that Meatloaf was going to do the singing voice of the Beast. And I don't know that never happened. It seemed perfect to me. I was like, yes, yeah. Do it. Well, and I, I didn't mind Celine's version there, but I, no. I got to be honest. I thought the meatloaf, the duet, because I like the contrast mm-hmm. of the man singing with the woman. Yeah, you know, I, I, I again, that sounded like nice. it works as a duet. That would that would show stop any any Broadway show, any Disney movie. That would be the part where they, you know, the like that, and then everybody yeah. would go crazy, and the curtain would drop. Yeah. and we we'd get ready for the next you know transition. And it's perfect because um, meatloaf is uh, from the theater. Absolutely. Absolutely, sir. Okay, track four is also a Steinman song. Yes. It's, and it's from his album, Bad for Good. Yes. Features Brian May on guitar, and you can tell immediately, because like, I laughed out loud, because again, I haven't heard a note of and this album. And as soon as you heard it, you're like, that's Brian May. I go, well, I go, I go who'd they get to be Brian May? And I go, because it's, it, it's funny, on, on the Jellyfish albums, they sometimes they can cop a riff that sounds like him. Yeah. But you're never, it's him. You it's know him. it's him. It's Brian May. So I was like, whoa. I go, somebody's Brian May, and it was. Now, I... Look, this is this was my favorite song <laughs> on the Jim Steinman solo album. It's great. And I every time Meatloaf would release something, I would hope and pray that he was going to do Bad for Good. Really? And so when this appeared on this album, uh and again this is the 33rd day of July, <laughs> uh, 7 minutes and 33 seconds, I was so excited. And then when I see that Brian May, yeah, is on guitar, I'm all in. Forget it. That's you. Here we go. I did this for you. It's all for you, Damien. The cold will cut us like a knife in the dark, and we may lose everything in the way. What a great line. It's great. I feel like we talked about Brian May, and so I need to at least let Play the lick. That, that opening lick is just... Yeah, it just it hits you right in the face. I mean, it's like, if you if you don't know that's Brian May... Wasn't built for comfort, I was built for speed. Come on. Come on. I, I do love it. Okay, I think that guitar lick is like right at the top. It is. Okay. It is, sir. And just, I like Steinman's version better. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> Ridiculous. The sea is whipping the sky. The sky is whipping the sea. All right, Brian, we've got it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right, take care. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to do it again. No, Brian, that was great. All right, take care. <laughs> All right. So I'm three for four uh, so far on this album. All right. I like, 
I like uh, I, I, I the only song I don't like is the title track. And yes, I'm I'm I don't yeah I'd say I'm agreeing, uh, but Bad for Good I think is it's a good version. Yeah, but I enjoy Steinman's version better clearly. But a good song is a good song. Yeah, sings are songs are songs. We talk about it a million times, friend. Here comes the hit maker Diane Warren. Well, oh, she's also the hit maker. Her and Desmond Child both. She's more than a hit maker. Than All right, does she get does she get the shoulder tap from our friend Aretha Franklin? Ding. <laughs> uh, this is Cry Over Me, and I believe this is a song I do enjoy. Here, All right. Here we go. Oh, you're going to, oh, you're calling your shot. Yep. It's so easy for you to forget about me. Did I ever mean All right, what's up? First what? of all, uh, that is peak of her powers, Diane Warren. That is, <laughs> that is, uh, that the just before the third act, where the the lead is riding a horse, and uh, the girl that you you want him to get back together with catches a glimpse of a framed photograph, and sits and thinks. And he stares off into a sunset and wonders why he's alone. That is that is in fantastic production. That is a great movie soundtrack ballad. And he sounds amazing yeah. in that song. And I, I, I can't stress enough. Again, I'd never heard this album. And I in my brain, I'm thinking 2006 from 77, even even 2006 from 93, where I know him from Bat 2. I'm like, oh, this is going to be rough because I have been introduced to uh, 2020 meatloaf from our friend Pat. So I'm waiting to hear that. Like I'm expecting bat two to be, uh, just something you want to go at with a fillet knife, <laughs> but man, does he sound good in that fucking song? And it soars where it's supposed to soar. That is, and that is Diane Warren in her sleep. Just chunk, chunk, pushes that out, gives it to them. And then you know, that's Diane Lane wearing jeans and, and being sad at home. I mean, it's just, it's fantastic, man. Just, just, uh, and again, would I buy it? Do I would listen to it every day? Do I put it in a playlist? Probably not. But just hearing it and knowing what it is and supposed to be, it's exactly what they were what they were looking to do. This uh, this episode will send me down a meatloaf. Uh, oh no, yeah, no yeah, doubt for, through Christmas. You guys want to hear some <laughs> Christmas songs? What do you got, Dad? Bat out of hell three. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I was trying to. I looked on YouTube because there was a there was a radio and a TV ad when Bat Out of Hell 3 was going to be released. And they, they like picked the, just the right sound bites from these best songs. Really? And it just got you so excited. You know what I mean? Like nice. I was like, oh my God. Let me see if, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's listed under as a TV ad. Hold on. But man, I just, uh, again, it was really a shock to me to listen to these. Because so, now we're five songs in and uh, three of them I, I like. Like I, I really like, and then the fourth one, I like Steinman's version better, but I still enjoy the song. The only one is the weird monstrous loose sets the tone. Cause again, now you got three ballads in the next five songs. Right, right. So, I mean, what are you doing with that monstrous loose? What are you, you, you're setting people up in a weird spot. Okay. This is, this is telling me this is bad out of hell three trailer. 
All right. So let's see if this is... Um, hold on. I'm going to start at the beginning. Hold on. There was a sound that crept... Hold on. It says in the beginning. In the beginning. There was a sound that crept up from the depths of hell and shattered to the surface to change the face of rock forever. This satisfied the world's desire for many years. And just when it was needed most, a new sound exploded from the depths that brought forth a whole new era of rock. Oh, Jesus. Rock's most epic adventure continues. It's showing like all the writers of all the songs flying across the screen. John 5, produced by Desmond Child. Now the time has finally arrived for the prophecy of rock to be fulfilled. And the trilogy to be made complete. This is not the ad I saw, but I like it. Got a lot of lightning striking on the screen. This is definitely not the ad I saw. It's an animated video of the guy on the motorcycle chasing a bat. Pretty cool. No, this is not the Meatloaf. No. Bat out of hell three. No. The monster is loose. What a waste of two minutes. That was not what I was looking for at all. No, and also I think they put people in a weird spot because you get you play that monster is loose song yeah. and you think the whole album's going to be that. And by the way, hearing it there in that context... Disappointing. Well, that, that monster is loose sounded even worse. And now it sounds like the theme song to WWE Raw. Like, I mean, <laughs> it does. That, that kind of generic <laughs> mid-2000s metal, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, oh yeah. boy, was that terrible. Yeah. Sorry, people. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. We're, we're an experiment. We're yeah. looking. We're searching, folks. Uh, yeah, I was looking for something good. All right. Next up, this is our third Jim Steinman song. So, you know, I, you know, I, I raved over Cry. I, oh, I love it. I okay. love it. I was going to say, really love it. I mean, when a hit maker brings a song like that to a meatloaf, <laughs> you can't deny it. That will spit soda everywhere. Okay. Now, <laughs> this next song clocks in at May, uh, 38th day of May. Oh, boy. Jim Steinman. In the land of the butcher. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. Take, take two. Pat, start from the top. <clears throat> is my mic on? It is. I can hear you. Test. In the land of the pig, the butcher is king. He sure is. Written by Jim Steineman. I call him Steineman. Do you? You throw that in there and give him an extra syllable? I call him Jim Steineman Scott. <laughs> oh, my Lord. He gets that said. It's the surname as well. Now, what do they want? Give us the juice and we'll drink. 
for me, sorry that I'm not letting you go first, but for me, this uh, this is right in the wheelhouse of that the monster is loose and I don't care for it. Yes. Um, no, thank you, Jim Steinman. It It is a Steinman song because the lyrics are very Steinman. Right. But okay. the music is John Five. Right. It, it, but it's a Steinman song that doesn't sound like a Steinman song until the ending. If you can give people like that where the break happens, I think it's the two with two minutes left. Okay. Where that because it's all that chugga 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 all that, and then it completely it 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 becomes a Steinman song for the last like ninety seconds or two minutes, I think. Steinman ending. I could. I guess I was wrong. I misinterpreted. It really did sound like that all the way through. Uh, yeah. But yeah, not for me. No, uh, not for me um, either. It is just. It is again. They're a tryhard. You can hear it. They're yeah. it's like, oh, what if we did this heavy stuff that we don't usually do? Christmas is coming. I'm going to watch Try Hard. We watch it every year. <laughs> um, this song is a minute thirty nine seconds. This is, I believe, this is just some incidental music that goes into the next track. I believe it's written by uh, Elena Casal. Desmond Child and Holly Knight, former guest friend of the show. And it's just called Monstro, but I think it's just a musical interlude, if I'm correct. It is. Okay, let's hear a little bit of it. There's a, yeah, there's some of that devilish chorus. Damien's coming. Not a fan. Immediate (laughs) skip. Monstro! It's it's an immediate skip. I mean, it's a minute 39 seconds and I don't have time for it. And again, I, I love the thought process of like, uh, he's like, oh man, we got to get Monstro in here. Right. Like, uh, why, dude, why? We don't need Monstro. No. no, no. No. Can't put it out without Monstro. The Monstro is loose. <laughs> no. I mean, we have the Monsters loose. I don't need Monstro. I mean, <laughs> I is the Monster's him. name Monstro? Because that's pretty on the nose. <laughs> Actually, Monstro is the doctor, not the monster. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now we go into... Uh, we got two hit makers on this song, Desmond Child, Holly Knight, uh, James Michael, and Andrea Ramanda. I don't know what she brought to the party, but let's find out. A lot of vowels. This song is called Alive. I'm still alive. Must have been a miracle. It's been a hell of a ride. Destination still unknown It's a fact of life If you make one wrong move With a gun to your head You dare to walk the line Or you'll be left for dead
Mike, I defer to you. Uh, well, that's a gaff. I don't think there's any doubt about it. That's generic album filler. Uh, clearly, that is fake Steinman. That is that is someone trying to write for Meatloaf the way Jim Steinman would write for Meatloaf. And uh, I think coming up short, to quote our good friend Jeremy Piven in Gross Point Blank. All right. And now me? <laughs> yes, sir. It's my favorite song in the album. <laughs> really? I love it. Oh, my I've goodness. played it on this uh, show before. I love it. I think it's... Uh, I, I, I love everything about it. Yeah. I, it I'm it, a runaway train on a broken track. It just, just seems to me like, again, like people who don't, they know what meatloaf is supposed to do. So they're trying to craft something that meatloaf will do for me. I, I again, defer to you, sir. I know mm -hmm. you, you certainly enjoy it and love it more than yeah. I do, but I myself found that to be, and it, and it is, this is where I'm starting to wane mm -hmm. on the album, right? It started strong for me. Like I said, the, yeah, see, I, this is still a great song for me. I just love it for the first five. I'm like, all right, cool. And now these next, uh, these last, you know, including Monstro last three, I'm like, okay, I, we've, we've hit a lull that, here in the middle. That piano and I'm still alive. It must've been a miracle. I mean, I just love it's, it's, it's like, this feels like a positive song to me. You know what I mean? It's sure. like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break here at track seven or no track eight because I want to talk about something else because I'm uh I'm on Twitter right now okay and you and I went to see Ghostbusters Afterlife together yes sir uh, a week ago we did and we loved it yes unequivocally we, unequivocally ten out of ten and there was a point where well let's give a little backstory mm -hmm. like Ghostbusters for you is a it's it's just a shrug for me. I I've never really been a Ghostbusters fan. I saw the movies when they came out, but it for me it it was always you know it was it was Bill Murray light. It's a kids movie, and and they try to make it funny with Bill Murray and the other guys. But to me, after growing up with with the Blues Brothers and Stripes and all these other movies, it just felt it felt weak to me and a little light. And and I. I you know, the, uh, Sly, I, Slimer is just not my thing. I just, yeah. you know, I mean, Ackroyd getting a blowjob from a ghost <laughs> is fantastic. Of I course. love that in a There's kid's no movie. Doubt. In a PG kid's movie, that's <laughs> amazing. But yeah, well, it's just, but it I was mean, never my thing. So I went... Um, well, wait, let me... I, I love Ghostbusters. I thought you said I could talk. You can, but the whole point is to juxtapose the fact that you don't care for Ghostbusters I don't so care much. for Ghostbusters. I saw it nine times in the theater when it came out. Uh -huh. I love it. I don't think it was a kid's movie. I think it was a grown-up movie with kid elements. So, and, and I just love... And I, I, I identified with Venkman. I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, he's the coolest fucking guy. Yep, yep. I loved it. So yeah, I love the guys. I love everyone involved. So then we go see Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we sit there, and usually when you and I see movies, mm -hmm. we'll give that sideways glance at one another, or if something stupid happens, we'll be like, oh, Jesus, uh, uh, what's going on? Or you will just say, boo! <laughs> I don't think that happens. Just, uh, no, it didn't, but you will do it. Uh, I did it once at the Rocky thing. I did it at Rocky, just because it was silly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we've both done it for fun when to the be, theater's not... Be, yeah, if nobody's yeah. there, I'm not ruining anybody's day. Yeah, sometimes we like <laughs> But then, in this movie... Uh, we we did it a couple times in the beginning. There was one part. There was one particular thing neither of us liked. We yes, did not like there was it. one introduction of a character, and the line was so bad, yes. written cheesy garbage. And it was like, we looked at each other like fuck. And it was a go. thing I don't like. A yes. thing I don't like in any movie. Yeah. Uh, but then thirty seconds later, it was fixed. It was fixed. Yeah, they, yeah. Fi they reset or fixed it, and we were like, and we both gave each other a look like, oh, okay, we're good. We're right. good now. And we, then we I'm, can get by it. Yes. But I went into this movie wholeheartedly waiting to love it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure how you were going to feel. 
And then, it, then the ne- a few minutes later, you leaned over to me on something and I looked at you and I go, look, I don't mean to be mean. I'm not going to be nearly as cynical as you are about this <laughs> right, movie. You did say that. And you went, I'm not cynical. I love it. It's, 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 a, it's right on the money for me right now. And I go, okay, good. I go, I'm not trying to offend yeah. you. I just don't want to be leering at this movie because I want to love it. And I think it's going to be great. And I'm really enjoying it. And you go, so am I. I said, great. And then we loved it We've, together. We haven't talked since. No. Um, <laughs> no, I went in. I, no, I went in like, I'm like, all right, I'll go see it. But yeah, I was like, here we go. Well, you told me a month ago. You go, I'm not seeing I'm that. I'm not seeing it. I go, what are you talking but about? But I do love, I love Paul Rudd and I love Carrie Coon. And so, you know, I was, I was interested to see what was going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, it checked all the boxes for me. It's so good. I teared up twice. There's, there's a special effect in it that I cannot believe how amazing it is. Yeah. It's a marvel. Um, I, I thought the kids were all on point without being, without being movie kids. But Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon are so funny throughout the, and naturally natural funny. Natural and real. It's natural and real. It's not, you know, it's like if you know someone who's funny, they're just funny all the time. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's how Paul Rudd's character is in this. And that's how Carrie Coon's character is in this. Like you walk away like, oh, I want to. I want to go on a double date with them. I want to be friends with those two. Yeah. And, you know, Paul Rudd's a, a summer school teacher and he has great relationship with the kids and yeah. it's just... And a geologist, so he's also smart and then he recognizes that in the girl. And, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just... And then the story really... I mean, the story really comes together from what they set up in Ghostbusters 1. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really comes together full circle. And... um and it was it was great. I'm going to see it again uh, this Saturday. I have tickets already. Rita and I are going to go see it because she wants to see it. Nice. And it was just um, it it, it was wonderful. Yeah. And so Mike and I are upset because uh, the bros on the socials are so anti it. And look, I know about being anti a movie because I hated Eternals, and there's way too many tweets from me about how much <laughs> I hated Eternals. That said. These guys are driving me crazy. Like one guy wrote a review that Mike sent to me and there were, there were falsehoods and inaccuracies in the, in the review. And it just wasn't, he was like reviewing something that wasn't on the screen. And I hate that. So I commented on it and now a guy's coming, uh, trying to come hard at me. And I just (laughs) said, I just said, look, if you don't have a heart and a soul, then I can understand why you didn't make this movie. Cause it's really, I mean, and maybe it's an age thing, but well, I, I told, look, I, there was a guy I, I follow on Twitter who uh, is a writer that I like, and he made a joke about it. And I went, I just wrote whispers, you know, in parentheses. And I go, it's really good. It's really good. And he it's wrote me back and he's like, he's like, oh, that's cool. And I said, yeah, I go, I go, look, I'm, I'm nostalgic and I'm the right wheelhouse for this thing. Uh, but I think they did a, an amazing job. Now you, and then a week later he, uh, made it, he wrote a, uh, his, uh, an article about how he did not like it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so, it good for him, but yeah, it didn't do anything for him. Now you, me and Kyle are in a, a never ending, um, uh, text thread. Yes. And Kyle is the, Kyle is the toughest critic. I laugh. I always say to you, I go, what's your nephew going to do to this? I know. Every time anything comes Destroy out. Destroy it. <laughs> but so Kyle was going to see it. And because I love it and you love it, then we like, we like brace ourselves. Like it's going to, like it's like what he says is going to affect our lives. <laughs> but we brace ourselves because he's, you know, he's 20 some years younger than us. So we're like, oh, we, I hope we like the stuff. That well, I'm going to have to roll up my sleeves if he does that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause usually, so, usually I laugh, but I'm yeah. like, don't do this. Don't so, come for this. So he went to see it. And when it was over, he just texted me three words. 
and it was, I loved it. Nice. So I was like, see, it's not just sentimental 50 year olds yeah. who are enjoying it. It's a really good movie. I think it is. And too. my friend Dave Festini saw it last night and he texted me and said, I got to be honest, I teared up maybe twice, I think is what he said. Yeah, yeah. And he, it's, it's on point. I, I, the things we've seen are reviewers. Like you, you say the bros. Like I, I don't know about that. I don't know what you call these people. Yeah. Anymore. Well, again, all you need to do is go to Rotten Tomatoes, and you see it's got like sixty percent from critics and ninety six percent from audience. From audience, and that's it's a lot because people. And I think you know, I think a lot of critics went in thinking, "Oh, geez, whatever." And there are people look there. I'm over. I, like a lot of Marvel stuff now, I roll my eyes because I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, really? Well, they're not hitting it out of the park anymore. Yeah, and so I... And I've been over Star Wars for, oh, Jesus. Well, that's the thing. Those Hello, things, Star Wars. The tendrils continue to, to creep into my life, and that's fine, whatever. I, it's just not for me. Mike, here comes Star Wars. <laughs> Who's this? I don't then, know who this is. Hi. Does he work at the cantina? Is that a bartender? <laughs> I'm Edgar. Edgar? Oh, I didn't know Edgar. I'm the guy who doesn't like Star Wars. You don't care for any of the Star Wars? Well, look, it was okay when it started, but I mean, after that second one, P.U. <laughs> you didn't even like the third one? Some people think it's the mm, best one of the film. That's the one where they have the little furry things that don't worship the Wookiee. And you didn't like that? No, they worship the metal guy, and that don't make sense to me. So when the third one ended, you thought that, all right, we're done well, with I this. I don't like Star Wars. That's what I'm understanding, Edgar, but you I thought it was over. I just wanted to nail it home. After the third one, you figure we're finished, and then they bring it back. Now, how's that make you feel? You mean when they tweaked all the special effects? They Well, certainly they brought out they a box They got set. my money. Oh, you paid to see them again? Mm-hmm. Even though you didn't like them? Well, my wife and I wanted to have some midnight movie dates. So you thought there would be something different in them? Mm, I thought maybe. I thought maybe uh, Darth Vader wouldn't hit his head this time. Did the tweaks or the changes make you like the movies any better? I'll tell you what, I can tell you this. Han shot first. You think so? Mm-hmm. Oh, so well, all right, so you don't like in these bed. movies. What the hell are you saying, sir? All right, I can't, Edgar, I can't keep it up. I would have done that for an hour. I know. <laughs> I normally would have, but we're in hour three of this. Sorry, everybody. The monster's loose. loose. And his name is Edgar. Edgar's so loose. He's angry. All right. So I just wanted to. So I think people were waiting to attack. I think the people who don't like it because they're so angry at it when they write yeah. about it, it's like they couldn't wait to tear it And look, I do that. I did it with Eternals. I, I do it myself. I hated that thing. Yeah. But but when when I do it, it's fine. Yeah. I do it with Bad Out of Hell 3. that's not just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes talk about starting the morning right just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget Mm, mm, mm. visit carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be convenient comfortable ah well so far let me i need to get a count i've been waiting 15 years three four i like five of the eight so far i think you like three of the eight no i like uh i like four four let's see one two three four five six seven uh and monster was Mm -hmm. eight right so alive was the last one we did you know what edgar doesn't like well he does what he's not i don't like star wars really (laughs) Okay, the next song is written by Desmond Child and Marty Fredrickson, who is a hit maker. Marty Feldman or Fredrickson? No, Fredrickson. I got it. This song is called If God Could Talk. Okay. Let's hear what this is like. If God could talk, would it tell you to come back to me? If God could talk, 
gonna tell you it's alright Just leave and don't look back at all the memories The best of times, the mess you made of me Walk on If you think it's gonna make you strong Why don't you run? Now, I immediately gave it the thumbs down when it started. You saw me. I did it for you. I, I did, did it. Uh, and then I forget. Did you, it looked like you gave me an agreeing head shake. Yes, sir. I don't care for that song. I'm, I'm going to quote my good friends in Mud Honey, uh, Overblown. No. That yeah. is a, a, you know, I Steinman, that, that's a. That's a Desmond Child, Marty Fredericks. I know. But, so what I'm saying is these knockoffs that are where they try <laughs> to write to Meatloaf. Because they are trying to, because this is Bad Out of Hell 3. Yes. And I, I think they sound like a robot mm-hmm. trying to write human emotions. They, they're they not real. Steinman is humanly bombastic. Right. Yes. He's yes. real. It's in his DNA. There are emotions in what he yes. writes and creates. And so when I hear that knockoff, it, it just sounds like there was some sort of, you know, you ever go to the zoo? And uh, and they smash your penny into a, a weird shape, and you keep it forever. You know what I mean? It's I like can't a dollar. Spend it. You can't, but they you keep ruin it my penny. But it's a keepsake of the zoo. You I love it. I didn't know they were going to ruin my money. <laughs> but that's that's how I feel. These what these guys are doing with these songs. It's like there's some sort of player piano. Yeah. And you punch the meatloaf button, right. and it turns out this, and then he has to moan his way through it <laughs> moan his way he through did it. Hey, come on tell me that wasn't well, what he was doing he, there here's what i'm going to tell you about that song i don't like it but if bon jovi recorded that next year <laughs> i would be raving about it i would be because he's worked with his marty frederickson before i believe and i would be raving about it but i just i just didn't just initially i'm just like no it no just, no again, no there's nothing human there there's nothing real it, it's it's uh, it's Ash from from Alien writing a song. Yeah. you know what I mean. Try, and that's well, oh, Meatloaf does that. Well, here, let's try this. Uh, you know, punch a vending machine, mm-hmm. and the Meatloaf song falls into the bottom. It's just bad. Yeah. And Steinman is a human. He's he has those emotions. He's yep. raw, and he would write. He writes like I said, humanly bombastic is the phrase I came up with because he's he's in touch. He's real. He has emotions. Yeah, even he blows them up and goes over the top. Yeah, but that song to me is just is just. Drek. All right. Well, here comes a Steinman song for you. The guy who loses emotion. Yes, sir. It's called If It Ain't Broke, Then Break It. it sounds like a song you would like. <laughs> sounds like a, your, your mantra. Depends on who sang it. Let's find out, Bon Jovi. If that was Five Finger Death Punch. I want to play a Bon Jovi song from his last album. Go ahead. I don't know what you'll say. Uh, who cares what I'm going to say? I mean, I literally, mm-hmm. I want to hear it because I, I mean, I'm going to hate it. There's if, no doubt. What if you get so mad, you leave. Because oh, all of his songs are so bad now. He's just he's a belt buckle. That's I can tell you. I can tell you. I can tell you one thing about the song. Better than Star Wars. What? <laughs> if it ain't broke, break it.
You want to go first? Sure. Go ahead. I'm glad you let it get to the chorus. Well, I had to. That's the that's the absolute best part and hook of the song. Um, remember those emotions I was talking about with our friend Jim Steinman? <laughs> yeah, he left them on the table. Didn't bring them to the table on this one. This sounds like a Bon Jovi. I'm, I'm sorry. This sounds like an Alice Cooper song from 1989. Th- that's a fantastic uh, sounds, analogy. That's exactly what it it's, sounds and like. And it sounds like Steinman trying to write that kind of music. Yeah. It's like if Steinman wrote Poison yeah. by Alice Cooper, it yep. would be something like, you know what I mean? It's or just Bed of Nails. Trying or, to write modern. Yeah. Yes. And just, boy, just not his, his milieu, if no, you will. Doesn't work. Not for me. I... I He's so much better when he's when he's tearing his heart out of his chest. Yep. He's not tough. No. So he tries to write tough and you're just like, you know, no, mm, no dude, it don't it doesn't work. I, it, it's like a 5 foot 3 guy getting out of a fucking Ford Bronco. You're just like, <laughs> who's this fucking idiot falling out of a Ford Bronco? This <laughs> <laughs> is plummets to his death. Christ, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I know this is high. You just don't need to do that. So he he Again, and I look, I'm all for stretching yourself or trying to do something sure. different. But there's a reason Bet Out of Hell is seven songs, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's because that because at the end of it, there's blood on the floor, you know, and, and you're drowning in your own tears for fuck's sake. You're exhausted. That that album gives you the vapors, as I've mentioned. It just it leaves you breathless and winded. Yeah. And these that song right there was just Hey, let's sell some Mountain Dew. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just it just sounds like that's Monster Energy Drink could use that in a in a commercial. But the chorus was catchy. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're gonna digress into some Bon Jovi. Well, for- how'd you feel? You give me the run of it. I don't mean to monopolize. I it, it's I just said it's, it's like a, it's, if Alice Cooper sang that in 1989, True. I'd probably dig it. But I don't it. dig this in 2006 or in 2021 mm-hmm. or any time later. But I will tell you what, what's that? It was better than Star Wars. Well, you think it was? <laughs> Okay, Bon Jovi releases an album in 2020 called Bon Jovi 2020. He did not. Yes, he did. You know who he is now? He's he's what? he's Dirk Diggler accepting like his 15th award where he just comes up and he just holds it in the air and then walks back to his seat like he's not excited or proud anymore. Guys, I'll keep rocking and rolling if you promise to. That's when he wins the first award. Yeah. And finally wins the next one. He's just... Okay, I'll hold it up. I'll read you a couple of song titles, and uh, when one grabs, you tell me, and I'll drop the needle down. The digital needle. We're not playing vinyl tonight. What if we were? How long would this take? You're a vinyl guy, man. Not one day. We should do that. We should do. Like We've a, done it. It's difficult. I can't imagine. You got to have somebody on the turntable at all times. Like you can't be running the turntable and recording a show. When did I tell you when Dara was here? We did a we did a Beatles. Um, a Boy, Beatles. I like Dara. Dara's I'm the best. I'm going to go ahead and throw that she's out fantastic. there. fantastic. so cool. I love her. We, I, I've never not liked her. Yeah. She's been great. She, the, her whole life. Mm-hmm. Always great. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came here over the Christmas holiday and we recorded. I have all her dad's Beatles albums. She is, uh, they're on loan from Dara. Wow. The original Capitol Pressings. No. So we did an all vinyl Beatles episode and we just did it willy nilly. Any song you wanted, we'd play it. So Pilar brings a bottle of champagne up here for us. To, you know, because uh, she's cooking dinner. After we record, we're going to get down and we're going to eat dinner. But Pilar brings champagne up for us to drink while we're doing this. And Pilar pops it open. Or did I? No, she gave it to me and I popped it open and it went geyser style. Like on the equipment, on the turntable. What geyser style? I am, Mike, I'm soaked. <laughs> I'm soaked. And when Wait, it did stopped, you say it got the turntable? It got everything. Oh no! It got everything. It was computer, every little bit everywhere. And but me, I because I held it towards me then, so it wouldn't go on everything else. And I'm drenched. Oh man! And I just said, and then when it stopped, you can't put your mouth on it. What am I, a fucking Bluto? 
So, uh, so I said, fuck it. We filled up the glasses and I just, I just did the, I just, <laughs> you ring out your shirt. Off. I just sat there <laughs> in my own, uh, champagne and yeah. finished it. Like Anne Margaret. And by the time we were done, I think it was dry. Uh, okay. Here's some song. I don't know why I digress to that. Covered in champagne and baked beans like our girl Anne. Okay. Here we go. Uh, I'm going to read you some song titles. All right. Limitless. Do What You Can, American Reckoning. That's it. What is? American Reckoning. I can't imagine. Oh, Christ. Is Tommy still working on the docks? Because it seems like he should have moved on by now. America's on fire. There's protests in the street. <laughs> I picked the right one. Conscience has been looted And her soul is under siege Another mother's crying As history repeats I can't read Goddamn those eight long minutes Lying face down in cuffs on the ground Bystanders pleaded for mercy Here's one cop of the kid in the crowd This was co-written with the news All right And not the people that write with Huey Lewis Okay, so that's it So, uh Well, let me, I have a question Sure uh, You said you were going to play me a new Bon Jovi song That was <laughs> So I'm, I'm wondering why, why I had to listen to something from B. Arthur's solo album Is that... <laughs> What was it, that voice? The voice isn't working for you? No, sir. All right, let's try another one. I'll read you some song titles. While I go inside, Walter, heading down to America. All right. So we I got... hear the drum beat fast as those protest in the streets. God damn it. Dude. Limitless. <laughs> do what you can. Beautiful drug. Story of love. Let it rain. Lower the flag. Blood in the water. Lower the flag. <laughs> You're leaning in on the American. Yes, I am, because that's I know what he's going for. All right. Word just came from upstate Joe. Lower the flag again. This time it's Dayton, Southwest Ohio. Last night I passed Texas County, 22 dead. Soon the brass will offer up their thoughts and prayers. Soon there'll be protests in the street. That's the second mention of protests in the street. It sounds like he's inciting out of town. We'll chew it up this speed. We can actually play this to clear them. On to the next one before we even grieve. Yeah, they'll move on to the next one before we even grieve. Some say we'll start to die on the day that we're born. I fucked it up. I fucked up the joke that you wanted me to do. <laughs> Stop. I'll do it again, though. 
We're pretending it didn't happen. <laughs> and cornbread. Damn. <laughs> that's, that's, I, and, and I will say this. All right. This is not a judgment on John Bon Jovi himself. Uh-huh. Because uh, everything I've read about him recently, yes, he's a fathead. Yes, he's, he's, <laughs> he's a that guy. All, all, like I said, he's very extremely self-important, and and a lot of people have a lot of things to say. But this is a motherfucker who puts a goddamn hairnet on and gloves and feeds the homeless in his soul kitchens, like often, like every yeah. week. And this is a guy who who talks it and walks it and mm-hmm. does good things for people and you you cannot deny that that is a admirable and a wonderful thing and i i when i saw it and heard it i was like oh my god is that true and he and he does it without calling he doesn't call the press good lord what the hell sorry about that <laughs> he doesn't call the press he doesn't go hey everybody watch this cut a ribbon and split right he's in the back making coleslaw with everybody else and he's not saying anything and he's just like yeah he he gets on the line and he does what he's going to do and and he does it for 8 hours and i mean I, I love him as a guy. I just think he's, you know what I mean? He strikes me as someone who who actually cares. Yeah, yeah. Which is a cool thing, but these songs, man. Well, I'm going to give you one more. All right. A, another choice, or you're playing one? I'm going to play one, because it kind of goes with all the stuff you just said. Okay. And this song is called Do What You Can. All righty. Small towns all rolling up the sidewalks One last paycheck coming through I know you're feeling kind of nervous All a little bit confused Nothing's the same, this ain't the game We gotta make it through I want to get to the chorus As we wave outside the window Hold a loved one, stay inside Moms and babies blowing kisses Maybe saving someone's life They had to cancel graduation It ain't fair to Scott the prom I kiss it home in isolation TV news is always on When you can't do what you do You do what you can This ain't my fair It's just a thought I'm wanting to share definitely the uh, lockdown album good for him <laughs> but now i'm gonna ask you a favor god love him <laughs> guys making every effort uh do me will you do me a giant favor it has nothing to do with meatloaf but it has everything to do with what we just heard and i need a yeah. palate cleanser okay can can you just give me like the first uh the first 40 seconds of tokyo road oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right because i because look uh 7800 and the, and the first album but before they went nuclear the I love those two albums like I like a like a my own child I just I couldn't stop playing them I worked in a record store at the time we played them oh dude I'm the weirdo that likes uh, everything after the first two albums oh dude no the first two albums were so good I saw them open for uh I saw them who they open for fuck I saw them with Cinderella I saw them with Rat Sakura 
just fly now? Well, give it a second. What? Depends on what you're saying. Uh-oh. Is this a musical? Running wild, set to explode in the streets. <laughs> Come on! I'll have to give this another listen. Come on! In a time, in a place, in a world, they forgot. Is the heart of me a bomb that just won't die? I'm gonna have to listen to this tomorrow. Dude, those first two albums are tomorrow. You know, 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit, that's the melting point of rock. Is it really? Yes. That's gorgeous. <laughs> you like I it like even, it even more yeah, now. I knew you were going to do that. That's genius. Oh, man. Dude, those albums. Running wild, we'll set to explode in the year. So people know this is Wednesday, November 24th. It's the day before Thanksgiving. I'm an orphan tomorrow. So if anyone's got a place for me to go and eat, let me know. Also, that was, uh, I was singing In and Out of Love over Tokyo Road. Just please, nobody think that I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> also, was, you're I supposed to say fun. that I'm, I already have a place to eat dinner tomorrow. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, big, I'm more concerned with my reputation as far as the Bon Jovi fan is concerned. <laughs> uh, you know what, Pat? If you're, if you're free tomorrow, yeah, I'd be interested in having you join me and my family for Thanksgiving, if it's possible. I would love it. Where's that take place? Well, we're going to be at my brother Lenny's house. Uh, right. You may recognize Lenny. He starred in Den of Thieves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Butler played yeah. him. I'm shocked by how I, I literally could not believe how crazy he looked like my brother. Um, so uh, yeah, tomorrow we'll be having I'll eat uh, at your house. Uh, well, no, you, well, we'll Lenny's figure, place. That Lenny's place. Who's going to be there? Just me, you, and Lenny? Oh uh, well, no, and of course my nieces, my lovely nieces Lily and Anna will be there as All well. Right. Anna loves baking. She's she's making. Uh, I I think she's making four pies tomorrow. Is she making a blumpkin pie? Uh, that sounds horrifying, and I would never even say that in front of my my nieces. How dare you? I don't even know what it is. I just know it's not good. A blumpkin? I don't, I don't know, know what, what that is. is. Don't tell me. I'm going to tell you. No, is it going to gross me out? Yes. It's I don't want to know. You said it. I know. I don't know what it is. You I don't brought know. it up. Don't say it. All right. I, I, now I want to throw this out to people. Like, can you get on your instant Twitter? Can we do a poll where I have to I'm tell you what it is on the air? No, I don't want to do it. Everyone will say, tell me. Do so. I leave you innocent? Do I leave you innocent? Tell me tell later. You no, I'm not, I don't want to hear it. I can't believe you said it without knowing what it is. I That's don't know the what danger. it is. Good for you. I'm glad you don't. Yeah, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. I All never right. want to know. I'm keeping you innocent. We're keeping you I in never want to know. All right. Let's keep it quiet. I meant to say pumpkin. Uh, all right. Pumpkin there. She's what about a pumpkin, a pumpkin pie <laughs> where you just bake some hillbillies <laughs> some into a crust? <laughs> Cletus, <laughs> moron. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, more. Um... I think that's the premise think, of the movie Motel Hell. I think a bumpkin pie is actually any pie you place on your windowsill that is stolen by a gentleman with fingerless gloves. <laughs> that is a bumpkin pie. Oh, uh, Aunt B did that many a day. She's making a pear cranberry, uh, a pear cranberry almond pie okay. that I requested. All right. She's making a, uh, a I, I don't, I don't know if she's making the key lime. She might be making a Snickers oh. pie, which my niece loves. Okay, two, two with nuts so far. So, uh, oh, I forgot you're not kill, a nut guy. Kill the guest. There you if go. there's a key lime, I'll go insane. There will be a Pumpkin as well. Uh, Thank God. Yeah. Pumpkin with nuts. Yes. <laughs> Look, last year, a pumpkin I, walnut. I tweeted this last year. My my mom sent us like a like a gift basket with like treats and stuff in it as yeah. a, as like a pre Christmas gift, and every single thing had nuts in it. I totally spaced out. And I called out. my mom. I'm like, I'm like, mom, we got your thing today. She's like, oh, isn't it nice? And yeah. I said, yes. I go, <laughs> but you know, I can't eat nuts. Uh huh. 
And then I just read the litany of everything. I go, the only thing I eat is the cheese crisps. Yeah. Cheese crisps. Crisps. Can't even say, I can't say it. There wasn't even a them. salam in there? There wasn't a salami no, to choke down? No, it was like, uh, you know, it was like, I can't eat popcorn either. It's kettle corn with nuts. I'm it's like, got sugar on it. It's it's got caramel. All the bad stuff's in the caramel. Everything, everything had a skull on it, which meant I couldn't eat any of it. All right. Uh, we are back to the last... The last four songs. Back for Bat. Okay, Back for Bat. Now, this is the second duet. This is Patty Russo with Meatloaf. She was his touring singer for years and years and years. Um, written by Desmond Child, Marty Fredrickson. Two guys, I don't know who they are. John Gregory and Russ Irwin. Sound like a couple of guys that just wandered into the studio and had a harmony. I think that was the two guys from Wild Wild West. Mm, okay, then. This song is called What not, About... Not the Breakfast Club or whoever those guys are. The, uh, no. who, who sang that song? The Wild Wild, Wild West. West. You know that song? I, yeah, I do know it, but I can't pull it. it. I'll think of it. We've been recording for seven hours. Okay. <laughs> but I love it. This is called uh, What About Love? And Escape Club. Okay. And this isn't the heart What About Love, <laughs> which is phenomenal. Yes. It's this. Play you, son of a you, You'd think he'd cover a heart song or something like that. They both are... You know what I mean? Both bombastic, both hitting the back of the fucking yep. arena. I would search through this empty darkness to see your face in the morning light. We've been lost in a sea of confusion. Got caught up in our selfish illusions. But make no mistake, I will bend till I break. Clicked it off. What happened to our boy? Clicked it off. Um, I do enjoy that song. Uh, I liked this one. Yeah, I yeah. like it. This I is like a modern too. song for him that works. Yes, it's not that dirge of industrial meat. And it, <laughs> uh, it that sounds like meatloaf. That sounds. It does sound like meatloaf. that song sounds like a meatloaf song, and he and he brings all the meat to it he possibly could. And I will say this: there's a tempo change that makes it even better. Uh, I don't know the exact time code on it, but it's like that that pace that we just heard. Yeah. But then it does like kind of a downshift. Yep. And uh, boy, that's good. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, that song I did like. I liked that one. I'm six for 11 right now. What am I? I'm one, two, three, four. I think I'm five. I think I'm five. Yeah, I think you're 11. always one behind me because I liked Alive and you hated it. Ooh, did not care for it. Fake Steinman is what I have here written okay. in black. Well, here ink. comes real Steinman for um, nine minutes and 46 seconds. September 46th. This is called Seize the Night. Will we? <laughs> Let's hope so, friend. Come with me and bless the night. Let the darkness be your salvation. Curse the day, escape the light. Break the chains of imagination. Come with me and seize the night. Now's the time for some inspiration. Leave the day and lose the light. Taboos only new sensations. Lucy, I'm home. Oh, Ricky. 
Sounded like Babalu there for a second. All right, I'll let you go first. No, you go first on that one. You don't like it. Really? I, I, I mean, it's just, I, it's just, I don't know. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this to you. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you play. I'm gonna make you find something in that song. Right. I apologize. I don't know if I can. I don't know the time code. I should have written that down probably. First of all, it's only uh, nine minutes and forty six seconds. I'm sure I <laughs> drop it right in where you want it. Uh, it happens a few times, so you, odds are good you'll find it. Okay. Um, what is it? That weird Latin child breakdown. Okay, that's in there. <laughs> you'll know it. Yeah, that, no, it was it back there, the, the chorus part with the Latin kids. Axiona Domine, that's all, that sounds like a chant. Here's the thing, I don't know this song well enough. Yeah. Well, it's fresh in my head because of yes. last night. And I don't know this song well enough to really judge it, but... It, it could grow on me, but currently I don't like it. It's funny you would say that because that's exactly what it did for me, Pat, because you were sitting there with a puss on your face mm -hmm. when it started. Yeah. And I felt the same way listening last night. And about the three or four minute mark, it turned into a Steinman song. And I went, this is a great song. Yeah. And then that weird breakdown with the kids chanting in Latin. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what, man? This I like this song. You know what? Fuck it. I was on board. I say great song. I, I wrote great song. All right. And I feel uh, I enjoyed so that So now one. we're both six for six. Tied, we're, we're both six for uh, 12 right yes. now. All right. This next one is a Steinman song. They close out with three Steinman Boy, you're songs. running downhill now, are you? You're getting a little tired? You're getting a little sapped? No, why? I know, because you're, you're kind of moving quick. You're moving at a quick pace. That's our show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Edgar would never do this. Uh, the 54th day of July, All we right. get song 13. It's a duet with Jennifer Hudson. She can sing. Do you think she's okay? Uh, I assume she's going to blow meatloaf <laughs> out of the water. I mean, what the hell? What are they thinking? Uh, well, what I, are they thinking? Well, he still thinks he's meatloaf, so obviously that's that. Um, but but also, let's give it up for Jennifer Hudson, who's she understands. She's yeah. not going to come in here. And this is two thousand six. This is a long time ago for her. She's still fresh. Yeah, she's not. Well, I don't. When's Dreamgirls? Mm, I don't. I think it's after. Does that. she have her Oscar yet? She might no, have her I Oscar by now. So. I'm going to say Dreamgirls is two thousand three. Well, I'll find out. That's what I'm going to say right now, sir. Uh, but she she comes in here and look she's not going to take the top of Meatloaf's head off she knows what she's getting brought Dream in. Dreamgirls is the same year two thousand six. So. Okay, so this is a good year for her. Yeah, they scored. This was his uh, Yola score. All right. So how she many get, emails did he have to send to get oh Jennifer my Hudson? God. Uh, who's her Doug? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is called the future ain't what it used to be. Oh my goodness! You know what? I sure feel that right in my bones. Here we go.
I'll jump ahead. It's like a storm that's never ending. Did you hear that door? Meatloaf just left. No, she blew him through it. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. She's ridiculous. She is a miracle. And then I'm going to come in and sing with you. He, you know what? God I'm love him. do what I can do. But, but the balls to be able to go, hey, I, well, let's, what if I did do a duet with that girl, that Jennifer Hudson yeah. girl who fucking tears things apart? Let's throw her a bone. <laughs> let's, you know what? Let's get her on board. Why not? Does she want to come in and sing with me? <laughs> How do you feel about that song? Uh, I like it. Boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, that is a great song. Yeah, it is. It's another. <laughs> You're doing Letterman again. <laughs> Boy, you see, you when you want to blow the roof off the dump, you you bring in a jihad. You bring in you bring in a meatloaf, Paul. Paul, you bring in a meatloaf and a jihad. Yeah, you know it just it just doesn't get any better than that. It just hey. Uh, that's that's a great song, it's a great and it's song. a great Steinman song. And uh, I this is a little foreshadowing and a little precursor. Uh, should have closed the album. I was just gonna say it. <laughs> I was just gonna say that should have been the closer. So we are both seven for thirteen right now. Yeah, and seven for thirteen. Uh, yeah. And I believe we're gonna be seven for fourteen. Do you think so? I don't know. This call song is called "Cry to Heaven." Mm-hmm. Jesus, cry, baby, cry. Cry, 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 You're actually making it better. You sound like if they punch Chris Isaac in the neck. Cry, cry, cry. He sounds like he's teasing someone in a coma. If that doesn't do it for <laughs> oh, you, listen. Go ahead and cry. The MP3 is glitchy. The, 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 the iTunes is rejecting it. It said, so, sorry, can't do <laughs> it. Like, no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. So this album is, is, a, is a 50% for us. We're seven out of 14. Well, let's talk a little bit about that mess right there because that was for me i literally wrote down the word eek uh that was that was a forced vocal that sounded like they woke him up too early or he or he got up uh, you know he cried that was cried. that sounded like the, you know how you've played me those recent things that sounded like the beginning of the end like he, he was at yeah. the precipice of something bad happening uh that's the first and for me that's the first real misfire on the album that's bad the yeah. stuff I didn't like before, I was like, well, it's just generic, whatever. It's not for me. But that right there. What's happening? Is that John Bon Jovi? I keep miscuing stuff when you're talking. I don't mean to do that. Uh, that's keep okay. going. Don't pay attention. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that In was, your own world. Again, for me, the first real misfire. I, yeah. I, I thought that was bad. Like, it doesn't belong on there. And we've talked no. before. You know, the Monsters Loose opens the album. And then cry, baby, cry. That closes it's the album. It's bookended with two lumps of... Poo. Lose them both. Yeah. And you open with blind as a bat and yeah. you close with the future and what it used to be. Because I'll tell you what. Yes, it's much stronger if you do that. You and you call the album, like you said, it was great. Bat out of hell three. The future ain't what or a blind as a bat. Blind yeah. as a bat. And then the closer is the future and what it used to be is a yeah. great closing right. song title. It's perfect. Yep. And and you know, uh, if we if we take it from 14 songs to 12 songs, I actually call it Bat Out of Hell Three Dozen Bats. Oh my goodness, really? Oh <laughs> no, Jesus. I can't I can't uh I can't mention Chris Isaac in a bad way without playing a little Chris Isaac. Did you ever hear this? No. It's Chris Isaac. Do you know what song it is? 
I want you to want me? It's his version. Is it really? Yeah. Want you want what are you doing? It's Chris Isaac. Fuck him. What do you mean? That's like Crony Joe bullshit. Crony Joe. Got the wrong lyric. He's making it his own. That's from the best of Chris Isaac. It was a bonus track, Mike. Calm wow. Down. Well, I'll Calm tell you what, that, that's on the wrong album. Calm down. <laughs> that is absolutely on the wrong album, friend. <laughs> okay. And I look, I like a Chris Isaac, friend of the show. Hey. No, he well, he was he was at a show. Friend of the show. He was at well, I've had, I I okay. There's a photo of you looking happy with him and him looking happy with you. Very nice guy. Friend of the show. All right. So I'm not I'm certainly not coming after him. But for me, that ooh. Four years after Bad Out of Hell Three. Meatloaf drops something called Hang Cool Teddy Bear. That never happened. 2010, Hang Cool Teddy Bear, produced by Rob Cavallo. Now, he's worked with Green Day and I believe the Goo Goo Dolls. So this is like this is like an A-list producer that's worked with current artists so at what the you're, time. So you're calling this a Hail Mary for relevance? Um, yeah, possibly. Unfortunately, unfortunately, and I as soon as I heard Rob Cavallo was producing... You know, you get excited when you hear who the who the team's going to be, who they're bringing in. Wasn't he the bagel boy who banged Cher? <laughs> no. What's that guy's name? Rob, Rob Camaletti. Rob Camaletti. So, I mean, I'm going to give you some titles, <laughs> and you pick one. All right. Peace on Earth, Living on the Outside, <laughs> oh boy, Los Angeles Loser. <laughs> I mean, stop right there. I got to know right now. Before you go any further, what does Los Angeles Loser sound like? Okay. It's written by that James Michael from uh, 6AM. Here we go. Let's hear it. I'm queuing it up. Cue it up. Right from the beginning. All right. Good. All right. Now it's perfect. Yo, baby. I wrote you this poem. I'd like to dedicate it to you. I'm just a white boy I play the guitar I put my pants on I drive a shit car Up into the valley To see my girlfriend She got a big couch She got a Mercedes Benz Sing hallelujah My glass is half full She pours me champagne She drinks a Red Bull And she says darling One thing you got I cannot uh, gauge your facial expressions. Well, I'm going to say this. Uh, A, Meatloaf has no business singing that song. None. <laughs> Zero. B, that was catchy as hell. It was catchy. And you know where that belongs? In pink era Aerosmith. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. That that's what it, it sounds just like that, you know, that uh stuff back then, the Diane Warren, the you know, all those mm -hmm. things, the uh boy oh boy, he would he would have a meal with that song, Steven Tyler, back then. Not now because he's too corny. Yeah. But back then he would have lived in that song and climbed up and down the walls, man.
Actor you Laurie sings on one of the songs here. That's yeah. you want to, you know, that says a great audio project. Yep. You go, like, can we get the doctor from house? <laughs> uh, maybe they brought him in thinking he could fix Meatloaf's voice. <laughs> I don't they know. didn't know he wasn't a real but doctor. I, I love that attitude. Um, what do you know what this album needs? Is there any way we can get that guy who played the barista on Friends? Yeah. Is he available? Bring him in to shake a maraca. Justin Hawkins, <laughs> he's from the darkness, right? Yes. He he wrote two songs on this. Did he sing, I hope? Um, I, I'll tell you what, the one song he wrote features Brian May and Steve Vai. Oh. It's called, uh, love is not real. Next time you stab me. Uh, I can't even read the title. Love is not real slash next time you stab me in the back. Well, that, I, that's not even anything grammatical. Hmm. Um, Jack Black is on here. Uh, Steve Vai again, Patty Russo. Let me Dude. give you, I'll give you a couple Bon Jovi and Desmond Child wrote a song together called Elvis in Vegas. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so here's some song titles, Mike. We'll give you a couple more. Um, Am I picking one to play, or are you just reading them? Pick one to play. Well, I want to hear that Bon Jovi thing, that Las Vegas, whatever the fuck. Elvis in Vegas? Yeah. yeah. Say it. It's fun to say. Elvis in Vegas. Elvis Elvis in Vegas. Vegas. Elvis in Vegas. All right. Bright light city, gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Walking in Memphis. Didn't take a suitcase. What are you doing? I had to travel a lie. <laughs> I climbed out my bedroom window. It was just about quarter past midnight. Out on the highway, I hitched a ride. I was heading west. I had to listen to some trucker. Doesn't even rhyme. I was wild out on the road. I saw shanties and shacks and burned out Cadillacs and faces that glittered like gold. Should have seen it coming. Should have seen the signs. I saw seven horses running. I had a front row seat at the end of time. I was just in. All right, look, again, catchy as hell. If you get that kid from Fallout Boy to sing that song, that's a jam. Yeah. Because that kid can wail, you know what I mean? And they and they make it modern and they make it good. He just, it sounds like, it sounds like him karaokeing modern songs. Like he stumbled in and never heard the music for them and then just did this weird vocal phrasing in them. Yeah. yeah. That was a lot of nonsense. It's got a couple of bonus tracks too. I forget what these songs sound like. I think the bonus tracks I liked... Can I give it a whirl, Mike? Can I give Prize Fight Lover a whirl? Of course you can. Why wouldn't you? It's like, it's like the Who on a Casio. <laughs> the band sounds great. Right? Yeah, I just. But we know what's going to happen. It's a bent out no bloodhound Saturday night. I was working the heavy bag under the crimson cutthroat canyon sky. Oh, the city's on fire, but the hills are alive with the sound of this night. A lot of cities on fire in these songs. Wow. 
A lot of crimson moons. Alright, I'm gonna move to She wraps her legs round my waist, runs her fingers through my hair. You don't have any hair. Okay, this is called Boneyard. See what's happening in the Boneyard. Bonus track. Sure it is. You can marry my bones. Nope. <laughs> can't even, I can't even keep going on that one. You can bury my nope. bones. All right, Mike, this is going to be hard to believe. Now, when did this come out? 2010. Oh, my Christ. It's it's four years after what we just listened to? Yeah. The precipice was, was lurking. Let what me, a steep drop. Let me tell you this. Yes, sir. A year later, mm-hmm. Meatloaf releases the album Hell in a handbasket. All right. And he is joined on a song. Let me find it. By like Glenn Beck. Like, what, was he that era? Here's a song. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm ready. This was after he did The Apprentice. Are because... you ready for the bomb? <laughs> <laughs> you saved my life that night. <laughs> if anyone can tell me what that line is from that Mike and I just did, I will send you a prize. <laughs> I want you need to text you not text. <laughs> Here's my phone number. You need to email me. And if you can and we'll do it again. Let's don't re- put it on Twitter. Let's nope. Let's reenact it. All right. You ready for the bomb? You saved my life that night. What? Anybody who knows that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. This was <laughs> this was after he did the celebrity apprentice. Here's a song called Stand in the Storm. Special guest appearances by Little John. John Rich of Big and Rich and Mark McGrath. Sugar Ray's Mark McGrath. This is going to be bad, right? Rock and Roll Jeopardy ultra champion Mark McGrath. This is going to be terrible. Of course. Stand in the storm. Doesn't sound like meatloaf at all. No. When you open this CD, it's just a calendar from 2010. <laughs> this right down the middle. There's rich and poor, black and white. Right down through the saints and the sinners and the ones who might. This world is tough as a splinter. There's ones that flinch and ones that fight. Around here you can sure tell the difference between the rocks and the rolling types. No, it's garbage. It's not even fun to make fun of. He does a uh, cover of California Dreamin' with Patty Russo. Oh, that I want to hear, because I want to hear what he, how could he possibly be in that register? He couldn't possibly be, and she... And he's going to over-emote the shit out of it. Yes, because she's just... Boy, what a fucking great song. All the leaves are brown Oh my God. <laughs> and the sky is gray. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I went for a walk on a winter's day. It's made to be a simply sung song. I'd be safe and warm. Let's see what Patty does when she takes a verse. I was in LA. Stopped into a 
she has to duet. She doesn't yeah. get a solo. All right. Boy, oh boy. I what know. a mess, dude. It's it's rough. It like it, it's almost amazing that they got bad out of three. He got bad three, and then he just he just enters the wilderness. It's just you because know? He, he was still nonstop touring at this time. All right. How so, many times you seen him? Just twice. And when, like when? Like what era am I looking at here? Did you see him on Bat 2? I saw him on Couldn't Have Said It Better Myself. No, I didn't see him like... He was really good on... And then I saw. And then I think I, we saw the Bat Out of Hell 3 tour. Couldn't Have Said It Better Myself is... That was the one uh, that I said is the best Meatloaf album that's not a bad album. But it's it's after... It's like 98 or 2000? Um trying to get a gauge on when where it landed between the two bats because again i got no reference point i'm trying to find because i can't remember off the top of my head that was in that was uh that was 2003 2003 so it's three years before bad three yes okay okay so sadly we have to there has to be a play out song and we have to end with what was such a disappointment um meatloaf and jim steinman come together again all songs written by jim steinman Ellen Foley's on the album. Carla DeVito's on the album. Um, who else is on the... I mean, just... And it's... Uh, the album is called... The, the cover's cool. It's called Braver Than We Are. It came out in 2016. And I... I, I, where, I don't even know if these songs are good, Mike, because Meatloaf sounds so bad that I don't even know if the songs are actually good. Does that make sense? Yes. Like if Jennifer Hudson sang all these songs, are they amazing? I don't know, but um, yeah, because you you haven't heard there any interpretation right. that works yet. Right. So here's the, here's the lead off track. This is Who Needs the Young. What year is this? 2016. So on their time frame of 16, 10 years later. Okay. Now it sounds like a calliope. Yep. I think I got to jump ahead. No. We're, we're taking it. Fans are taking it too. Pleasant to the ear. The, sh- the girls should be going da 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 When does this end? When does it get into the song? I picture Meatloaf walking out dressed like Pagliacci. <laughs> now this sounds like Welcome to My Nightmare. Yeah, it's the young. The revelation of the faces and the head When all we have are with the traces of the faces we once were And suffocation in the dirty <laughs> That sounds like... Oh uh, oh and this, this, you'll understand the spirit of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like in, in Chicago, the movie, when John C. Riley gets to do Mr. Cellophane. Because you've just been watching amazing singers the entire time. 
And then all of a sudden, so, you know, in all that. Yeah. And, and he does a very good, credible job. But what I'm saying is that sounds like yeah. the, the, the dopey dog got so a song on, in one of the, like an animated movie or something, you know, that just sounded yeah. really bad. Okay. So they bring, they get Carla DeVito and Ellen Foley to come for this album and sing together on this track nice. called Going All The Way Is Just The Start. What the fuck? So much of paradise lost and <laughs> you ever the cost there's nothing to be what? sorry for. Now we can feel so much more. Now we can do nothing. He sings like Dracula talks. Yeah. That's either Carla or Ellen, I don't know which one. Let it play. So maybe the song's good, because they sound good. But that's the embarrassment. Yeah, he thinks he can keep up with this. They sound great. Yeah, and he thinks he can keep up with them. All right, but all right, say you're them. Okay. And you're there. You know what I mean? And then you, you see that. Hi, Trixie. It's Bellicose. Carla DeVito. Oh, how are you doing? It's I'm doing Carla. great. Did you see Ellen around I here? haven't seen Ellen yet. Is she oh, showing up? Oh, boy. Are we going to sing with Meatloaf today? It's going to be exciting. Meat's ready to cut his track. Oh, no. did you get my bubblegum order? Oh, my goodness. I didn't. Go ahead and play. So are you supposed to have that while you're, you're singing? Yeah. When I sing, I chew a great bubblegum. Oh, great. Can I send somebody out or is there a certain brand you Oh, I got for? it. Bubblicious. You've got grape. All right. Terrific. Well, we'll reimburse you for that because we appreciate it. Oh, I blew a bubble. Got it on the mic, sweetie. Oh, Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. You guys will all share a mic, and 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 grape, meat loves the smell of grape. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah. Oh my God, he re- <laughs> he did, he did a remake of Prize Fight Lover for this album. No, how could he? Did he think he could top it? <laughs> did he think it would be better? Uh, you know, I really want to take another run at that. Whose guitar does that sound like? It's chimey. So this was a bonus track, not written by Steinman. It's a bit out the no blood on Saturday night. Christ, another crimson cutthroat. Sky. He's like oh, singing no. a word at a time. The city's on fire, but the hills are alive with the sound of this night. <laughs> this sounds like someone making fun Baby of Tom Waits. She whispers she don't care. All right. Boy, um, you know what? I would listen to that just to go, just to marinate in its badness. I mean, there's so many bad ones on here. I mean... It's too bad Steinman's dead because I would really love to hear Meridating and Baznus. They should they should make that the next album. Saying words on this one. Give me a tombstone and a wreath of all your tears. Well, we've talked about this because I've I've heard one or two of these. You've played them before. Yes, I, I play them in, for astonishment, for humor. Yes, it it like shock. You're like you're not going to believe this, right? But just 
and we've talked about this and again, I, I don't mean to, to belabor the point. He can't think it's good. All right. I, I mean, he, he couldn't possibly, but, but are, are there fans who are like, Oh, finally, Oh my God, this is great. Like, cause I mean, uh, look, I, we know that there's people that, I mean, I gave, we David, know that people, I gave David Lee Roth a pass. You know what I mean? I'd see them live and I'm like, well, you know, as long as he stays, <laughs> as long as he stays in his register, then I can deal with this in my head. But then when he started with the, yeah, yeah, all that shit, I'm just like, oh, this is embarrassing. Like it's bad. It's bad. I knew it was. And, but I, I kept, I tried to make excuses for the first two reunion tours. And then the third one I saw them. And on my show, I finally was like, I can't do it anymore. I, it's ter- he has to stop. Yeah. Like I, we talked. Remember when they put out the live album from Tokyo? I literally thought it was Eddie and Alex putting it out to embarrass a him. Goof, yeah. To get him to stop doing that. I don't think David Lee Roth is embarrassed by anything. Nope. That's pretty obvious. Um, here's what I'm going to tell you. One more thing. He does a version of "For What It's Worth." On this album, you play it. I got it here again. Written by Stephen Stills, Mike. Yes. This this version features Stephen Stills, friend of the show, Stephen Stills. No, but what do you think Stephen Stills thought when he entered the studio with Meatloaf to do this? Chaching. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit at this fucking point. He's still trying to pay for shake he owed for in 1971. <laughs> Does something happen? I thought that was him. Something happened. <laughs> I thought it was him because you I thought it was him because he would come in early. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I thought that was him. <laughs> something happened. Something happening here. <laughs> I did it better the first time. Why try to reproduce it? That's what they said to him. There's a man with a gun over there. Telling me I've got to beware It's time to stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down All right, songs like that and California Dreamin' are songs that are, A, they're multi, you know, the vocal on them because the harmonies are so good. Mike, they're canon. Yeah, <laughs> but but they're tossed off almost. You know what I mean? They're not... They're not buried in a ton of, you know what I mean? Which is his forte these days. I love that. What happened to you? I love that. I turned my mic down to blow my nose. But that's what he's, you know, he sounds like, uh, you know, the end of Don't Cry uh, on Use Your Illusion 1. Yes. Yeah, that's what he sounds like all the time. Yeah. And so when you try to do a, like California Dreaming or or that for what it's worth, you're just going, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fly directly into the face of what this song was supposed to sound like. Yeah. And try to make it my own with garbage. Right. His, his voice sounds like a polygraph, you know, like the up and down. Mm-hmm. If somebody, his voice sounds like somebody lying on a polygraph. What a mess. It's terrible. Yes. All right, Mike, it's time to do some promoting and then what? I'm going to do the playout song, Alrighty. which you will probably be astounded by. I'm excited to be astounded. First of all, where can the, uh, this, Show is going to clock in at three hours and 49 minutes. Everybody, that's Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, when's this come out? Uh, ASAP Club. This won't come out till January, but ASAP Club will have it immediately. What's up, ASAPs? And how you doing <laughs> in 2022, everybody else? When I tweet out that the ASAP Club got a four-hour Mike Schmidt episode, oh, people go are going to go join the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Rock Solid. Never going to happen. They'll, they'll be, people will be flocking away. Until it's sent out 
and then they'll come back. They'll go, we wanted to avoid getting that if it was at all possible. <laughs> Where can we find you on the socials? You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can find me at Twitter.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. You can friend me uh, at Facebook.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. I'm also on Instagram, Snapchat, and what's the other one I'm at all the time that I can't remember right now? TikTok. Mm-hmm. At Mike40YOB, that's Mike40YOB. So again, uh, friend me at Facebook.com slash The40YearOldBoy. Follow me at Twitter.com slash The40YearOldBoy. You can find me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. And I'm at Mike40YOB at Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And also you can uh, check me out. I'm streaming virtually every weekday at Twitch.tv slash The40YearOldBoy. That's the number 40, T-H-E-40-Y-E-A-R-O-L-D-B-O-Y. That's a lot of spelling. Twitch.tv slash The40YearOldBoy. And we are at Rock Solid Show. Yes, sir. You want to go in one more thing? Uh, yeah, I have a podcast that made all of this possible. Uh, the only reason you can find me anywhere or anybody gives a flying fuck what I say. The 40-Year-Old Boy podcast is available at Art19. Uh, go ahead and just Google The 40-Year-Old Boy. It's available in the iTunes Store. It's available on Spotify. It's available wherever all of your finer podcasts are given away free. The 40-Year-Old Boy podcast just waiting for you to download right now. We are at Rock Solid Show. You can go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. We have great merch in the merchandise store now. We have beanies, baseball hats, mugs, cool stuff. I mean, go check it out. I think our merch is really good. I understand if you don't buy merch, but like I don't brand it with like podcast or my name. I just want it to be like simple, just rock solid. So you can wear it anywhere and people will go like, what's that? Or rock solid can mean many things anyway. So just, uh, you know, I'm not shoving my name down your throat. But it's it's really great. But I stuff. think it's really cool stuff. I, the I, beanies are so cool. Yeah, because I'm I'm a guy who I had merch. I had great t-shirts yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm the guy who now I see every restaurant. Like I just want a taco. Don't don't try to sell me right. a koozie. You yeah. know what I mean? Everybody's yeah. like, oh, you're not going to believe these fancy keychains we've got for our fancy. You know, mm-hmm. Fuck you. I want to buy food. So everybody's trying to merch and they shove it down your throat. And uh, and you actually have merch worth mentioning. Yeah, and it's just there. It's there. You can look at it. I don't tweet about it much. I I actually just ordered two T-shirts myself and sent them to Nancy Allen because she was so nice to record the episode, redo it with me. So uh, hopefully uh, she'll put one on and take a picture and put it on my socials, TikTok. Um, what else? Uh, oh yeah, if you were following me on my personal Twitter at Pat underscore Francis, and then you were blocked by the person that hacked, just send me an email uh, via rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com and I will unblock you because it's it's like, I can't go through everyone that's blocked and figure out who that guy blocked. It's just nuts and it was a hassle, but it wasn't life and death and I'm back on there too. But uh, And I'm at Instagram at Pat underscore Francis underscore comedian. So that's it. And we are, uh, we are on Instagram at Rock Solid Show, and that's run by my friend Lisa Solak, who's doing a, a bang-up job. Okay, so, the play-out song, Mike. We've already talked about Meatloaf having big balls at this stage in his career. Yes. So, what does he do as a bonus track on this shitty Braver Than We Are album? He re-records, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that, uh, with an orchestra and featuring. <coughs> oh, this caught in your throat. This must be I know. bad. <coughs> All right, get it out, buddy. Featuring an Irish singer named Amelda May. So, for your listening pleasure, hmm? here is I Would Do Anything for Love, but I Won't Do That Redo from 2016. Thank you, Mike Schmidt. Thanks, dude. 
Happy Thanksgiving. Take care, man. We'll see you tomorrow. Turning the mics off. Right. And playing this song. That's a threat? <laughs> it is. Some days it don't come hard Some days it don't come at all